Hello, welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host. This is my podcast. And oh my goodness, you guys, I have not put out a podcast in weeks. I mean, depending on when you're listening to this, who knows when you're getting to it. Uh, it's neither here nor there. But if you're listening to it uh, sometime in December of tw- the year 2017, I took a brief hiatus, a couple of weeks, which is very unlike me, to go live my life. Uh, I went to a Ram Dass retreat in Hawaii. Uh, with a new friend of mine. It was very fun. And uh, and now I'm back and I've got a new podcast to put out. And here it is. My guest today is my mom, my mom, Leslie Knauer. My mom is a musician. Uh, I was basically raised by her all-girl hair metal band in the 80s uh, called Precious Metal. Before that, she was in in a band in the 70s with her brothers, my two uncles, called Promises. In fact, that's how my mom and my dad met. My dad was a photographer, is a photographer, and he was assigned to take photos of my mom for some cool, weird European pop culture magazine or whatever. They hit it off. She was like however old she was in her 20s. He was like 19 years older than her. Whatever. We'll get to it during the podcast. That's neither here nor there. But my mom and I talk about a million different things. I was so moody in this episode. And I think it's I just got back from this love and trust retreat in Hawaii. Uh, I was feeling a lot of feelings, Um, maybe daddy issues, maybe life, internal battles and conflicts with my psyche and soul, Um, and it really comes through. I think I begin crying a minute nine, but you'll get there. Anyway, that aside, oh my God, I'm so happy that I have my mom on here, and uh, she she gives the greatest advice. She basically talks me off a ledge and uh, makes me feel better, and... uh, we talk about LSD and Burning Man and hair metal bands and my dad and unconditional love and just fucking so much shit. But uh, the Ram Dass retreat was really intense. So I went to Hawaii with this friend of mine and we went there for like four days. We stayed at a beautiful hotel. It was really fun, just normal vacation-y kind of stuff. And I rarely do stuff like that. So this is like a, such a special treat. Uh, Hawaii is fantastic. Rainbows galore. Um, And then we went to the other side of the island. We were in Maui and we went to, I don't even know where it was called, but it was this Ram Dass love and trust retreat. And I was like, day one, I was like, oh my God, is this a cult? Because people were singing. There's this thing at the end of the night called Kirtan where everybody like sits down and they're all singing and there's, there's like, there's like a band playing on the stage and mantras being sung. And I was just like, Oh my God, what is this? Get me out of here. And like the person I was with, who is wonderful and such a cool badass. Um, how dare you try to get me to tell you who it is? Uh, that's none of your goddamn bit. Anyway. Um, he knew everyone at the retreat. He knew everyone there. He was like the, the cool kid at the retreat. And I was just like, Whoa, I'm on your turf. You know all these people. I don't know any of them. This is very overwhelming. I hope this isn't a cult. It doesn't seem like it's a cult. And it isn't. It was lovely. At the end of it, by like day five or whatever, when I was going up to like bow in front of Ram Dass and get my cool free uh, bead uh, whatever bracelet, I was like weeping. I was like weeping nonstop. There were all these lecturers there giving you know, like, uh, you know conversations you could go listen to between like Krishna Das 
you know, who's a guru of some sort, listen, this is like, this is like the dumb, dumb goes to the Ram Dass retreat. This, me trying to explain what I experienced. But then there was this Buddhist spiritual teacher named Jack Cornfield. His lectures, along with, along with his wife, Trudy Goodman, Goodman, they were incredible, very inspiring. They make you think. And, and all the messages that they're just really trying to get across are lovely, gentle, kind messages which are be gentle, uh, don't be so hard on yourself, uh, don't take every thought that comes through your brain that, that floats in your mind, in and out of your mind, don't take every thought seriously, you're not your thoughts. It's funny because at one point in this podcast with my mom, she says something along the lines of, you know, that she says that she is her thoughts and I was going to interject but I didn't because um, she meant something else by that. But um I guess they just talked a lot about how, you know, everybody is just a soul. We're all souls, you know, and, and we inhabit these, you know, these bodies of ours. And But really, at a core level, we are all just souls. And, yeah, they talked about the importance of meditation because meditation, having a meditation practice grounds you and it gets you more in touch with your intuition and it kind of tethers you to yourself and it just makes life easier because it makes you less reactive. And so, I mean, if, if I, if that's all I can remember from the retreat, I mean, I did drink. I wasn't, it wasn't some weird like monk, whatever. Um, I got in the hot tub. I went snorkeling for four minutes. I went in the ocean. I went in a swimming pool. Uh, I did drink a lot of Mai Tais. Um, you know, I had a romance, but yeah, those are nice takeaways. I've been, I'd already been meaning to meditate. I talk about meditating every day. I think about meditating every day. Now I'm going to try to actually meditate every day. And uh, it is crazy though, because that is how I suffer the most. I, I tell myself these stories. This is a big part of what they were talking about at the retreat. Such a benign, mellow, lovely, kind retreat. Not a cult. Not a cult. Let me just stress that. I don't want me to be cavalier about, you know, being silly about the retreat. And I don't want people to walk away saying I'm talking shit because I wasn't. I had a wonderful experience. It was filled with kind people and a lovely sentiment. And all of it was only helpful and thoughtful and great. But, you know, I am constantly thinking I have the hard, and I, since I don't meditate, I have the hardest time turning off my brain. I suppose that's why people drink. That's why people drink and do drugs to numb themselves to to you know to stop all the fucking chatter in your brain. And I will tell myself stories, false narratives of things that are completely not true, that make me hurt, that make me suffer. I will I will look at a man I'm dating, and this has happened in the past. Uh, this is probably something that doesn't make for great relationships. But in the past with ex-boyfriends, while they were currently still my boyfriend, you know, if we were experiencing a moment of silence or some kind of interaction was happening or they weren't texting me or we were having a conversation or they looked at me a certain way or whatever, I would make up a story in my head about what it meant, what they were thinking. And I did it to control the situation because it doesn't feel good to be out of control, to be in the not knowing. And I would create the meanest possible version of the story, the meanest possible thing that they could, but probably weren't even thinking. And then I would believe this lie and my God, it would make me spiral. So 
you know, with meditating and with hearing that we're not our thoughts and that our, our thoughts are just kind of like, you know, they're constantly passing through. Somebody said to me, it's like burping. It's like you, it's just your brain burping. It's like, come on. This is like, it's just moving along. It's neither here nor there. And when you quiet your mind and meditate, it just, it really does help eliminate the storytelling, the constant chatter in the brain, the reactivity in the day-to-day. So yeah, lovely. Thank you. Ramdas Retreat. Fantastic. I would love to go again. If I'm invited again, uh, I would gladly go. Um, Hawaii. And another thing. Um, I, while I was in Hawaii, uh, maybe a few days before I went to Hawaii, I got a text from a girlfriend of mine, um, and she screen grabbed and sent a link to an article written about Russell Simmons. Now, Russell Simmons is a mogul. He's very into yoga and meditation or whatever he's into. That's what his Instagram page is all about. And she sent me this link because she remembered the time, maybe a couple of years ago, yes, a couple of years ago, when... I had told her that I met Russell Simmons at Soho House years ago. I was there with a girlfriend. Russell Simmons walked by. We started having a conversation. He sat down with me and my girlfriend, and it was lovely, and he thought it was funny, and I was making him laugh, and we were talking about spirituality and showbiz and whatever the fuck we were talking about. He was there with a much younger girl. Uh, it didn't look like they were romantic. It looked like they were just you know, friends and had a comfortable rapport with one another. She was texting and he was talking to me, flirting with me. Um, and then we were all going to leave. And, I, and we made a plan like, oh, let's all go back to Russell's house. Let's all go back to Russell's house. We're taking it over to Russell's house. And I was like, great. Sounds fun. Living our lives, right? We can go have drinks or hang out at the next place. So we're all heading over and my friend ends up not coming over. She drops off. I get to his house. She's not going to come over. His girlfriend or the girl that he was with, this young girl, she leaves immediately, gets to his house, drives away. It's just me and Russell Simmons in his apartment, in his house. Um, he starts giving me this tour of, the, of his place and, and I'm like noticing like, oh my God, it's so odd that like a billionaire needs to like, he's just like bragging about all his books and his awards and all of his stuff and saying like, oh, if you were my wife, we could, we could, you know, throw charity galas and whatever, just coming on really strong. And he's giving me a tour of his house and we end up in this room and it's a bedroom and I'm walking out of the bedroom and he goes, sit down. He's in front of the door and he goes, sit down. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. I'm alone. I'm a woman. I'm telling you this story because when I got this text from my girlfriend, it made me turn like white like a ghost. Because I was when I was at his house and he, he's blocking the door, he's a bigger guy. He's a, he's a big guy. I'm tall, but he's tall as well. He's a man. He's stronger than me. And nobody else is there. And, and He's blocking the door of the bedroom and he goes, sit down. And there's no place else to sit but the bed. So I sit on the bed and he comes over to me and he kisses me and he leans me back on the bed and I wanted to get up. 
And I'm like thinking to myself, oh my God, what the fuck, Alexi? What is the situation you just put yourself in? I, I start pushing him off me and I start saying like, no, 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 I want to get up. And, his, and he didn't get up. He wouldn't get up. And the weight of his body was on me. He's very heavy. And I have this pang. It's this instinctual like, oh my fucking God, what the fuck? This dude is bad news. Get the, oh my God, what the fuck? He won't get off me. He won't get off me. Holy fucking shit. I'm terrified. I don't know this guy. I don't know this guy. I think I have some idea of him. I'm, now I'm in his house, only me, and his body is on my body. I'm fully clothed. My body is on his, his body is on my body. I'm trying to get him off me. I think I say something like, I have my period or whatever, something and whatever, just light and off-putting, hopefully, and, and, he, and he gets off me finally. But I had this entire instinctual wave of fear, and in my brain it went, oh my God, he's a rapist. He's a rapist. I'm terrified. Get, he's got to get the fuck off me. He's got to get, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I charmed my way out of the place, out of his house, out of the room, down the stairs, whatever, and I get in an Uber. I'm relieved. He calls my management company. He sends me flowers. He sends me more flowers. We talk on the phone. He, I thank him for the flowers. He gets my number from my management company. And he asked me out on another date, but he's relentlessly calling me. He asked me on a, on a date, on an official date. And my entire body just seized up because my phone interaction with him and my interaction with him that night when I was alone with him in his house, when he was blocking the door to, the, to, the, to getting out of his bedroom, when, when, when I had to ask, more than once for him to get off of me after kissing me, um, my entire body just seized up because, I, first of all, I felt like he was talking at me. He was talking at me nonstop. He was really relentless. He was just very pushy, just too much. And then I canceled the date because I just went, I can't do this. Something about this feels totally off. I canceled my therapist was like, get out of this date. This is, this is bad news. I have a bad feeling about this. The way he's interacting with you, your intuitive response to him, no. So I canceled the date. And he called me so many, he was relentless, like 20 times a day, calling me, calling me, calling me, calling me, calling me. That I, and I was avoiding his phone calls. I thought, why is he calling me so much? Why am I not allowed to cancel the date? I had met him one time. I got, my, got, I got out of his house you know, I, I thanked him for the flowers that he sent me. He got my information from my management company, not me. I just wanted to be polite. But the extreme in which he came for me was not normal. And finally, I picked up the phone and I remember talking to him a few times because I was just like, hey, cut it out. I don't understand this. You don't even like me. And I remember being on the phone with him being like, I don't know if this is King syndrome and you're not you're like a king and you're not used to having a girl some quirky you know funny whatever girl with bangs say no to you you're used to getting everything you want but you don't even know me to even like me to come on this strong with me it was because i was saying no it's because i wasn't giving myself to him it's because i wasn't making it easy and he's used to getting whatever he wants and i was so completely overwhelmed and frazzled it's like i had ptsd from him calling 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 flowers flowers calling 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 it's not normal it's not normal 
And I knew something twisted was in the air. There's something bizarre about this entire situation. I even asked my manager at the time. I said, hey, is he going to murder me? Is he going to ruin my career? Whatever that means. Like it's, it's like, because this is fucking gnarly and I'm actually scared and my phone won't stop ringing. I've got to block him. What the fuck? What is this? This is harassment. I don't get it. And so a year and a half, two years later, when I read these, you know, more than one articles about Russell Simmons, one of which was uh, him and Brett Ratner being in, in, in on it together, where they're, you know, they isolate a girl and have sex with her or whatever they did with her, or Russell, Russell Simmons uh, giving a girl a ride home, but then the, telling the driver he's, the, that he is not going to drop her off at her house and having sex with this girl, putting her in this very, very scary situation. I don't know if you've read these articles, but look up Russell Simmons and you'll, you'll, you'll read the articles that I'm reading. They were so familiar to me. They made my blood turn to ice. It's like it, these articles were terrifying because I felt the same fear and uh, that, the, that these women felt. But I got out of the situation, thank God. But intuitively, I swear to God, listen to your intuition. Listen to your fucking intuition. If meditating takes you closer to being more in tune and be able to hear your intuitive uh, thoughts and feelings of what's going on around you, to make a tuned-in assessment, oh my God, I'm going to be meditating like five times a day. But I remember when I was alone with him thinking, oh, I don't know this person oh, this person's on top and he's not getting off when I'm saying, no, get off me, get off me, get off me, get off me. No, no, can you just, can you, I have my period, I need to go lady, can you, please? It's like, why do I have to say that? Why do you have to, you know? And, I, and I, I, in the moment I went, oh, fuck, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot for putting myself in this situation. It's scary. It's so fucking scary. Anyway, reading those articles while I was in Hawaii, getting those texts from girlfriends of mine who were like, hey, I remember us talking about this and how fucking traumatized you were in this weird situation of this dude, this billionaire mogul dude fucking harassing you. Check this out. And it just made me go, fuck, I knew. I fucking knew. I vibed it. I don't care how, I don't know if this sounds ridiculous to anybody listening, but girls, I feel like you know what I'm talking about. Oh my God. Anyway, so that just like freaked me the fuck out. Made me very thankful I got out of that situation. Completely validated in my, like, you know, because I have such a tendency to be a people pleaser and most girls do. And also I shouldn't be like mad at myself that I thought I was going to go over in a group to a guy's house to have a drink because it was like going to be a party atmosphere. And even if you do get in a one-on-one situation with a person, when you say, get off of me, get the fuck off of me right? Anyway, but old me and a lot of girls are people pleasers and we take on all the responsibility and the guilt and the shame and go, we put ourselves in that situation. He raped me because I put, I shouldn't have, or he did this, or maybe I was asking for it or society makes it. So we need to like, we feel the need to think this way and assume all the responsibility and the guilt and the shame and put it on the way to, you know, on our shoulders? Well, fuck that. So I am so sorry to these wonderful, beautiful souls, women, whatever, 
you know, who had a disgusting experience with Russell Simmons. I mean, all the all the women. I don't I don't call them victims. I don't want to call them victims. Like they, that's another like that phrasing also seems to be put the, put the weight and the shame on the woman enough. The men should be feel fucking shitty about how disgusting they are. Anyway, I'm rambling, but I've been meaning to tell that story. And I put on my Instagram that I, I couldn't wait to tell this story of like just feeling harassed and overwhelmed by Russell Simmons. And, uh, and he saw that somebody showed it to him, some fucking weird narc showed that to him. And he DM me and went, I've only ever been kind to you. Haven't I? Question mark. What? Fuck you. Leave me alone. I wish that night never happened. I'm glad I got out unscathed, but your behavior is your behavior. You came on too strong. You had no boundaries. You came across as a man who's used to getting his way. And even though I didn't, even though you didn't end up putting your dick inside of me, it was too much. It's harassment. It's fucking weird. Back the fuck off. Go to therapy. Leave me alone. I'm allowed to share this story. There you go. Anyway, all that aside, you guys. Get ready, gear up, put your seatbelt on for an emotional, tangential conversation with my maker, my mom, Leslie Knauer. Uh, and I do want to say, I have to say it, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you like this podcast, if you like the Love Alexi podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. It does truly help me grow the show, which uh, is, you know, my obsession. I will never take two weeks off again. Who the fuck do I think I think I am? Never again. Where have I been? I am so committed to this podcast. I'm completely obsessed. I've, I've missed doing it. So I'm back and I'm coming back full throttle. And I do want to say thank you to all my my Patreon subscribers, my beautiful patrons. You guys, I, I'm, I can't believe this. I do have to say, if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is the best, most wonderful way to support uh, creative people, uh, you know, people who make podcasts, musicians, whatever. In this case, I have started a Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash Alexi. And I offer a lot of, uh, unreleased podcasts and rants and thoughts and feelings and this presence and surprises and recommendations and perks. Check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Alexi. And for $5 uh, donation, uh, you become my patron. And what that means is it's my job to keep you entertained uh, and, and be so grateful that you are helping me support the show. So, you know, I take that very seriously. So become a patron of the Love Alexi podcast. And uh, don't you worry, I will make sure you don't regret it. I will live to make you happy. I will live to serve you. But uh, listen, all that aside, Let's be friends on social media. Find me on Instagram at Alexi Wasser. I love to DM with strangers. Uh, so let's do that over there. I'm going to shut the fuck up now so you can enjoy my conversation with my maker, my mommy, Leslie Knauer. Now entering Nerdist.com. Mommy! Hi! Come in! Thank you for doing this. So oh, unexpected. Hi, Natalie. Natalie, this yeah, is my mom. Lovely to meet you. You're sitting there. All right. Oh my god, Natalie. Usually, usually Aristotle records my podcast, but then Natalie. I Aristotle, know. I've, I've, I've actually seen him in pictures
Well, thank you for doing this. This is so wild. Thank you for even watching. I videos. know. It's going to be exciting. There's yeah. water here. I got a coffee oh. if you want any of my coffee. Oh, no, no. I'll, I'll take you to lunch afterwards. I'm yeah? I haven't eaten yet. Today. Oh, my God. Okay. You haven't eaten yet. It's going to be an hour and a half, maybe. Oh, I'm good. Okay. Oh, my God. Put your headphones on. All right. You look so cute. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're doing it. Oh, which one's my volume? I'm going to... Oh. This one right here, I can... What number is that? Number two. Ah, this is me. Oh, yeah, you got it? Ah, All right, perfect. perfect. Okay. Oh, my God. This is so... Cool. I like this. There's thing. a studio here. I know. There's that's a podcast great. studio. It's all professional. Oh my God, where do we begin? How are you feeling? I feel really good. You do? Yeah. What'd you do this morning? Well, boring. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I texted with all my friends. How's yeah. that? Oh, wow. Um, I was just listening to that um, psychic tape. I started this morning listening to that psychic tape that you got a psychic reading from Victoria. <gasps> From a woman in Victoria, for the listeners, that's my mom's old childhood best friend, Tracy's mother, right? Victoria, who has now since passed away. But so I was just randomly, or not randomly, just listening to this tape. How old was I when you got a psychic reading about me? I'm not even sure if you were born yet. I wasn't even born. You had I, my I name. Oh, yeah, I knew what your name was. You knew what my name was going to be before. But it, my, my, you might have been born. My, my memory is not so great. Yeah. But, she did one for me, and then she said, let me do one for Alexi. Really? Yeah. And I may not have been born? If that, you were under, you were a couple months. A couple months? Yeah. Oh, my God. Because, yeah, it was like, it was like totally, like, right on. Kinda. Was it really? It, it seemed like it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved her a lot. Yeah. She was so good. It was like, what did she say? Do you remember any of the stuff? No, you tell me. Oh, I don't know. She's just like Aquarians. They need a lot of freedom. They're super loyal. My moon's... I'm an Aquarius. My moon's in Taurus, but they're like super loyal, but they need their f- freedom. They're going to have crazy friends from all walks of life and and stuff. Um, oh, boy. If you need a tissue, there's t- Yeah. Tissue here in case you need it. Um, okay. <laughs> ah! But uh, I don't know. So I was just listening to that, and it just was super dreamy and magical and weird. But, yeah. Oh, I want to hear it again, too. Yeah, but it was like dead on. But... Uh, Oh, God, where do we begin? Where should I even ask you? Do you know you? where I was born? Yeah, where were you born? <laughs> yeah. In, in Cowichan Station. Where's that? In Vancouver Island. Vancouver Island. So, so could I get dual citizenship? Yes. I can? How do we do this? Well, I texted you the Canadian consulate. Yeah. And then I think they don't do it there, but I think they have the forms there. Yeah. And I thought we would go and make a fun day out of it. Yeah. Lift over there and then... um. And then just have them help us a little bit. Yeah. Because Benny did it once and did it wrong. Benny's my uncle. Oh, he's so be, good. Well, I got to, yeah, I got to fill in all the blanks. <laughs> but, uh, well, God, I'm just so many things I want to ask you about. So you are a musician. You were in a band called Promises in the 70s. You're in a million bands. I want to talk about all that. I want to talk about how you met my dad, me being born. I want to talk about, I don't know, a million different things. Well. How did you meet my dad? I was in a band with my brothers. Yeah. And what was it called? Promises. Yeah. In like 1978. So I think I met your dad in 1980. Yeah. And we were uh, on all these German magazines, like a magazine called Bravo, and I can't remember the names of the other ones. And then he was he got himself assigned to take pictures of our band. Yeah. And that's how I met him. Oh. He was taking pictures of you for Bravo? Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. So how did he approach you? That was in 1980? Well, someone else approached us, actually, and said, you know, set up the uh, session with Julian Wasser. Yeah. 
So of course, we, but it, any photo session, we always said yes. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> but like, how did he? T- he took the photos, and you guys were flirting, or what was the deal? Yeah, he was, and and uh, Nobody, and he was nobody's interesting. He yeah, was no interesting. One's listening. Don't worry, nobody's listening. <laughs> I know that we still want to have the correct things to say. Yeah, better. He was. He was flirty, and but not like I, I don't know. He was. So I I don't remember too much about it, but yes, he was, and he had a he had a Mustang convertible. He did, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, he was. <laughs> how how much older was he than you? Well, I was twenty two, and he was thirty nine. Yeah, twenty two and thirty nine. That's oh, a big wow. difference. That is a big difference. Or maybe it was a bigger difference, but that's what he told me. So. Yeah, uh, maybe I was younger. Maybe I was just twenty one. I think yeah. I was twenty two because I was twenty three when I had you. Yeah, and oh. that was the wonderful thing to have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I knew I'd, I. He was a little bit difficult. Yeah, but then tell me everything. Relax into this podcast. I'm trying to relax. Yeah, he was very. Let's just. Politely, but a difficult person. You don't have to be polite about it. If you want to, you can. Yeah, be, I like I like being polite about okay. it. Okay, because uh, I've kind of forgot so many things on purpose because it yeah. makes me feel so much better to not remember all the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the learning part of all my details of what I don't like and what I like. Yeah, that's well, always good. What were the things that weren't? Because I probably run into those uh, things with people too. I don't like. Being controlled. You didn't like being, yeah. And I don't like being told what to do. I like being appreciated and I like uh, fun people. Yeah. That, And I like a trusting, respecting thing where people or anybody, friends, anybody, when people are controlling, it could just be a best friend that starts to control you and go, yeah. hey, wait a minute. How did he try to control you? Oh, I don't remember, but I'm very controlling. And really I, controlling? Yeah. and Like what you wore? Oh, you know what? Yeah. Well, the funniest part was um, he had a cell phone in 1980. Yeah. Nobody else had one. So yeah. I had this really crappy Toyota car. And I Toyota Corona or Corolla, whatever they yeah. are. Not, Corolla. Not a good car. Yeah. But it was, it was my... I, bought, I got my car. And uh, he put... A cell phone in there, but they were as bigger than house phones. I mean, really? it, rang, it rang like a house phone. Bring! Yeah. I'm like, ah! Was this <laughs> to keep tabs on you or just to make your life easier, but pretty oh, no. much to keep tabs on you? Oh, to keep tabs on me. And yeah. and so it was, so, it was actually funny because I had you and... and um, and, and he always wanted to know where I was, where I was. So I just had to lie for the fun of it because I think, don't call me to find out where I am. I already told you where I was. Yeah. So then, oh, he would ask you more than once because he thought you were lying. Yeah. Or, and so I would answer the phone and say, I'm at somewhere. It'd be completely somewhere else just yeah. because it was so uh, invasive. Know. Yeah. It's uncool to keep asking me what the f- I'm doing. Yeah. You, know? you can curse on this thing too. So. Oh, yeah. Well, what the fuck am yeah. I doing? Yeah. I'm just living my life. And I was in yeah. my, and especially with Precious Metal, it was so fun. And we. That's your other band, just to tell people what they're. Oh, that's the band. Yeah. So, we, wait. So, you were in Promises. Mm-hmm. Julian got assigned, my father got assigned to take photos of you. You guys did a photo shoot. How did he ask you on a, on a first date? 
I can't remember. Can't remember. Oh, I wow. really it's can't. gonna be ama- an amazing podcast, you guys. An amazing <laughs> podcast. It's so fun not to remember your well, past. <laughs> so well then, but did any any highlights of how he wooed you and did asked you to be his girlfriend oh, or anything or yeah, how he, he got you under his. He wanted spell? to take me to New York, and I said no because it's too far, and I. I didn't really want to go anywhere with somebody. Yeah. And oh, God. I just went on a trip with somebody. I went to Hawaii. Wow. Yeah. That is intense to go on a trip with somebody yeah, pretty so soon. Yeah, I, so I didn't want to go anywhere because then I I wouldn't know how to... Anyway, I, I just... But I thought he was really cute. And he, you know, he was very very worried about his hair lip. and Oh, he had a cleft palate. Cleft, cleft palate. palate. Yeah. Yes. I know. I call it that because... That's, that's what you would what, call it. That's what he called it. He too. called it. Yeah. yeah. He's like self-deprecating and yeah. hated his cleft palate and thought he looked freaky. And I actually said, "You look really cute. You look like a kitty cat." And he did. He looked really cute. Yeah. Really nice eyes, green and uh and I thought it was really he was really cute. Yeah. And his, his haircut was so cute. Like Joaquin and, Phoenix has a cleft palate. Yeah, it's whatever you make it. I mean, yeah, he's, you yeah. Know, some people are badass and cool with their stuff, and other people just want to hate themselves all the time. And, and when you hate yourself, you're not really that nice to other people. Oh, yeah. So so he said it was my job to make him nicer. Oh, that's what he said to me after you yeah. guys split up. Yeah. He's your, he said, it's your job to make me better. I remember, like, I was telling my friend this in Hawaii because it was like, I went to this, like, retreat, spiritual kind of retreat thing, and it made, you, made me want to share all these things that were coming up for me, but it was like, yeah, they're like memories of, you know, cause I went back and forth between you and Julian and like, yeah. and I remember like one time, I don't know how old I was, but then he was so mean to me. He like, and he would tell me like, you know, this is getting ready deeper real fast, but he would be like, you know, because, because you look so much like your mom, I've got to, I'm forced to like, remember your mom. Every time I look at you, I'm forced to, to it reminds, I'm forced to think of your mom and he was just so mean. And then he would go, I go, Daddy, you're so mean. I'm just a kid. I'm just a kid. And and he goes, I know. I'm sorry. It's your job to make me better. It's your job to make me better. And I remember him just like sliding down the wall, bursting into tears, saying, it's your job to make me better. So I guess he's, he passed along the sentiment of the whatever. That is so bizarre because that's exactly what he did to me. Yeah. He just, just when I, he, but after the make me a nicer person the next day if he got sad about it he got meaner he got meaner so he'd be apologetic yeah and, and then, then he'd be and then you'd come back and you'd be like oh wow maybe things are going to be better and then he'd get meaner because he didn't really he I, I don't know it's too complex for me to figure out what went on in that head you know because oh you know I all I know is when I was with people my own age and my and other people that were really dear and kind and loving towards me. And yeah. I felt so good. And that's what I loved about being in Precious Metal. That was your band, After Promises. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't want to be a, in a band with any boys, any yeah. guys. Just because it was so safe and we'd have our rehearsals and yeah. everybody was like supportive of the other guy and we were all learning together. Like the other girl, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, it was just an um, amazing... 10 years. And you started that band after, wait, after you were already dating my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And of course he said, you're an idiot to join that band. And I go, I'm an idiot. I love this band. It wasn't even a band yet. And it was just, uh, uh, Suzette started it, the drummer. And you loved her so much. Yeah. She she was so sparkly and everything. Suzette. And you would just be like, you liked Michael Jackson and Suzette. Uh, Who are all the girls in the band? What are all their names? Alex Rylance. She's English and uh a badass. Yeah. And she's married and and her husband is, is 
Peter, Peterson. Well, and okay. well, anyway, then there's the band <laughs> Janet girls. Robin, yeah. the guitar player, and she was 17 and still going to high school. Yeah. And that was her very first gig was at her high school, which is in the Valley called. It doesn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Carol Control was a drummer. And, and Suzette, Suzette was a drummer too. Yeah. But it switched in the first year. And uh, who else was? Oh, Mara Fox was the guitar player. And she was my darling friend too. And everybody was just such a tight unit. And they were so cute. I remember loving Mara and how she looked and she was, loved her outfits and hang out with all them and makeup and dress up and yeah. Yeah. And uh, remember we were in this movie, we can't, I, I think it was called... Uh, Cadillac Man? No. We weren't in that, but a song was our, of ours was in there. Yeah. But we did a movie called Scenes of a Gold Mine. Scene, scenes of a Gold Mine? Scenes of a Gold Mine. Okay. Who was in that? Who knows? Oh my God. I remember You blocked out your entire life. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh God. Um, no, there were, I don't think there were any famous people in that movie. It was yeah. just a, they just loved our band. We were in it and, and it was near Halloween and we we're going to have a, a party for it. And the party was going to be at the Revolver on Santa Monica Boulevard. And so you wanted to dress just like Mara. So I, I made, I sew all the time. So I made Mara's outfit it was a purple cape and uh, purple velvet. And then you go, oh my God, I want to be amethyst just like Mara. Yeah. So we had a belt with a sword and you got high heels at a thrift store and checkered stockings and you had a little crown and you had your, and you were just like, just like Mara. You look like mini Mara. And then we get to the club and I'm thinking, oh my God, if Alexi can't, you might not be able to get in, Alexi. You're yeah. five. Yeah. You just might not be old enough. And you whispered in my ear, tell them I'm six. Oh, my God. Did I get in? <laughs> oh, yes. You got in. And you also were so independent. Okay. We, we're sitting at, around, you know, and then you go, Mommy, I'm going to sit at the bar. And I'm going to order a Shirley Temple in a martini glass. And you had it all figured out. And you were only five. And you knew everything. I want I don't want the mar- I don't want the olive. I want the fruit, and I'm going to sit at the bar. But I don't want you to sit with me. Oh my god! So there you, you we had to help you up on the stool. Yeah. <laughs> with, with your oh no! <laughs> and you you ordered your you ordered your martini, Charlie Temple. Yeah. And and you sat there and you were you were looking at everybody and you and people came up to talk to you because you were just this little kid at the bar. And it was so cute. And yeah. we sat at a table right next to you, but you said, you know, I, I was right by where your legs were, but you were on a bar stool yeah. at the bar and we were at the table. Always been independent. Yes, always. I remember yeah. dropping you off. You wanted to go to school so much. You're three years old and I did not want to take you to school and you were singing to my because you watched uh, Sesame Street and you had all the songs down, everything. You could, your alphabet and, and Spanish, everything. You were down. And you said, Mommy, school, school is cool. I had a lisp, you guys. I had a real intense lisp. <laughs> it was so cute. And, yeah. Mommy, I got to go to school. I need other children. And I, <laughs> I, and I go, Do you, oh, we'll, we'll go play with some friends. I mean, we had no friends. Um, oh. <laughs> none of my friends had children. And so... Oh, because you were so young. Yeah, and and... And they're just, everybody was not having children yet. Benny didn't have children yet. That's your Jed. brother. Brad, yeah. Benny and Jed are my mom's brothers. is my uncles. And they were, they were the other two people in Promises with my mom and that, in the band before Precious Metal. Yeah. And, and so I had you and, and you really wanted children. You loved Sesame Street so much. You knew everything. I wanted to hang out with children. Oh, yes. And, yeah, not and so, have them. Yeah. Oh, no, not have them. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I found this really cool school called Temple Bethel and they were so great and so the first day I took you there um, 
I brought you and I said, I'll stay because in case you get scared, because I was too scared to go to kindergarten at five. I you were? Yeah, in, in Vancouver. And I couldn't speak English. And I I could speak only German. Because you're German. You came, but you were born in Vancouver. I was born there. But your but, parents were ger- are German. And there was a little village in Cal- called Cowichan Station that with five German families and none of them spoke English. Oh my God. They just, all these German people really disliked Germany. I would like to say hate it. Yeah. They wanted to leave, get out of there. They yeah. wanted to be free. They felt so oppressed and they just hated it. And they, my mom and dad were, your grandparents were two of those people. And so I never spoke English until I started school. Yeah. That's how you learned? Yeah. And I, well, Jed went the first one a year or two years before me. But I wouldn't go to kindergarten. I went to kindergarten one day, yeah. and I said, "I am not going back there." Ich will nicht da gehen. Ich bin zu. Ich, ich habe Angst. I was too scared. Yeah. And so, my mom goes, "Of course, you don't have to go to school." I don't speak German, you guys. By the way, I never. I don't know how to speak German. That's fine. I tried. We, we had a. Um, Julie didn't speak German. Julian. He didn't speak German either. But we yeah. bought all these German books, and I'd speak German to you. And I tried. You did. I tried, but it was. It's really hard when you're not conversing with everybody. So it's like the yeah. German household. Yeah. And um, so, but I wanted to go to. Oh school. my god! And there you were. And I, I said, I'll just be in the office waiting for you. You said, No, mommy, go. Just go. I'm fine. Go, go. And you're only three. You know, I. It was so funny. I'm going. I got sad. You <laughs> did. I stayed in the office, and I go. And Harriet goes. I don't think she needs you. You were like, you were just in there. You never... Really? <laughs> yeah. You didn't get scared at all. Oh, my God. And that's where you met a, you know, met Jarrett. Jarrett Grody, who's still yeah. in my life, who I just texted with the other day. It was so funny. Yeah. I love Jarrett. And yeah. it was so cute because um, I was just in Precious Metal, and I just got in my... Ba- uh, was I... Uh, no, I was in, in a band called Roxy Roller. Before Precious Metal? Yes. So it's like promises. Roxy Roller would like do men in that band. All men that dressed up like girls. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. hair, hair kind of hair metalish kind of guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're a singer, and you're a singer of all these bands. Yeah. yeah. And the, the funniest thing was Dane and Lizzie. They came. They come to the, my apartment. Who are these people? Dane was a drummer. And I love how moms, all moms have a tendency to just start talking to you about people you've never heard of. And then you got to go, who are you talking about? Who are these people? That's why I have you. Yeah. Awesome at this. Okay. So, so wait, who are these people? And they came over where? Then why? Oh, okay. Oh my God. Backwards. I was at the rainbow and I I was no longer in promises and I was looking for a band. Rainbow Bar and Grill on the uh, famous glorious sunset strip here in Tinseltown. So staggering by me in their stilettos was Dane. Right. She's already really tall. A woman. Okay. A, ba- a man. Oh. And, and another man, not as tall. And he was in his stilettos and they both had eye makeup on and looked really cute. Oh my and, God. Amazing. Yeah. And they said, oh, they were looking for a singer because their singer had quit or did something. And so I said, oh, that'd be so fun. Oh, it was just Dane. And, and But Lizzie came to my house with Dane. Yeah. And they're walking down the hall towards our apartment on Fountain Avenue where you were born. And okay. so you were born. So it was, you were like one and you were a baby yeah and so lizzie hears you screaming or something oh my god she has a kid she can't be in their band oh really you can't have a woman with a baby in the band oh my god and and dane goes oh no don't worry leslie's not a woman she's a cartoon oh my god it's (laughs) true yeah and so then then lizzie goes oh okay (laughs) i just like you know just simple words and he goes oh okay so i played him some stuff that we did and he saw they loved it and lizzie wrote a really good song that we still that 
we we I don't know if we recorded we had some kind of live tapes so that band ended Try and try to make all your mouth sounds away from the mic if you could. Oh, I don't know if you could. We're getting, we're getting so all happy. the weird. Yeah. I'm so happy I'm not eating anything. Good. In front of your mic. That was, it's a start. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. Well, I'll drink some water. No, yeah. That's annoying. Huh? No, no. People love to hear parched sounds. It's, weird. It's terrible. Yeah. It's the right. worst. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but okay. So, Roxy Roller's happening. What were you telling me? So, you start playing with them. Yeah. And, and then. Uh, and then. Well, and what's happening with the romantic stuff? You, you were with my dad for six years. Yeah, was nothing ch- wasn't good. Did he go to? <laughs> oh no, it was so not good. Were so. you always fighting? Was it always fighting and making up and miscommunications? Yeah. And well, we weren't always making up, but it it was it was just oh, okay. I I had friends, and if I would invite friends over, I would offer them a beer and give him a beer and he would come in the room and take the beers away from them oh my and didn't God. want me to share our stuff with people. And oh. it was like, oh, this is really awkward. Yeah. Let's go party at your house. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is not cool. And and I wanted to stay together because I thought, you know, we are a family, you have to try your very best. And then after a while I just thought I I just felt I couldn't try anymore. I thought I was gonna Die. and he uh well, anyway, he talked really unfriendly about me to you all the time, which was not very helpful. How old was I? From zero to, you know, whenever you still talk to him. Yeah, I don't <laughs> talk to him anymore. Yeah, I remember. He's just not very kind about me. and uh, Yeah, I remember one time he we called you. I called you. I left a message because you, you were trying to get, like, joint custody of me or something or I wanted to see or you wanted to see me and he had you know he's, he was a, he's a guy he had more money or whatever and like so I think you called me or I called you back and then I thought I hung up the phone leaving a message and then like but we didn't hang up the phone and then he started like prompting me to say all these mean things about you knowing that it was like the phone wasn't hung up and knowing that it was being recorded on your answering machine so you got all these you know, just and then you call it back, like really upset and sad because you heard me and Julian yeah. saying all these mean things. It's like all these like evil, weird, unnecessary, yeah. like very manipulative, tricky. I'm not very tricky. Yeah, tricky. It's just it's just too <sighs> boring. I mean, it's yeah. too tricky. <laughs> so how did you get away though? How many times did you guys break up? And then and what was uh, happening with the bands and the music and you maintaining who you are and like and singing and but then also like trying to get away from this guy. Was it hard to like fully get away because you're like her hopeful? It, maybe, well, it was hard and it was easy yeah. because there was a thing called um, concili- conciliation court, something like that, where I didn't want to have get any money from him. He didn't want to give me any. So I thought, oh, let's do it like this. We'll just figure out because I sometimes when the parents don't get along, he was nicer to you, I thought, and I was so didn't know how to make this right. But I didn't want to take you away from your dad because you felt very connected to him then because he was more strong. And children do that. They stay with a stronger parent. And I had my goofy hair and my wore pajamas and motorcycle boots everywhere and mini skirts and stuff. And he made it look like I was weird. I was just fun. And anyway, um, I did. I really, I really, Mara helped me so much. I moved in with Mara. 
in in Venice. Oh, the first time I moved in with her it was in Hollywood, and and then I got really sick. You did why? Well, I have really bad asthma, and I think because she had cats and rabbits in her apartment, and it was not vacuumed very often. Oh my god! And I was just nightmare. Yeah, I got, but but also I think it it was just scary to be away from you, and it was just scary. It was scary for me. Yeah, and so I went back, and then it was worse. So then I left again. It was just what happened that makes it worse. Like what would he do? Just it's just a it's just a mean disposition. That's enough. Yeah, that's just enough. You. And always, never, always, it just wasn't fun. I, I, all I can say, it wasn't fun. And, and uh, when I was with my friends, we'd have so much fun, and we we're doing stuff, and we we're actually getting paid. You know, we had it in our band, we got signed, you know, we, got, we got money and everything like that. Every month we got music money. It was, oh, this is so fun. Yeah. And, and then I wanted you to go on the road with me because the girls loved you so much. And... And uh, but then you you didn't want to go. Oh, you went with me once, and you stayed at Tracy's with her kids. Oh and my it god, it was really fun. So tr- it- yeah, Tracy's the, my mom's childhood friend, whose mom Victoria gave me this psychic reading. I should tack that onto the end of this podcast because because it's so interesting to have had a psychic reading when I was just like months old or not even born yet, and it's pretty yeah. pretty right on. But yeah, so I stayed with Tracy and her daughter Leon, who was my childhood best friend in Santa Cruz or Watsonville or wherever. In Santa Cruz they lived, and so we were playing at the at the. Oh, the great club in San Francisco. It's the best one then. Yeah. And and then you said you'd want to, Mommy, I want to be with you now. So it was, you know, a long drive. I said, well, then I'll come and get you. Oh, wow. And then then you called me back and said, no, no, Mommy, I want to stay. <laughs> oh. Oh, and I was in Watsonville because there were horses and yeah, green. And, and it was you, so beautiful. Wait, you, why, why was I there? I was there with them for the baby to me while you were on a tour. I played in San Francisco and I was going to come back and sleep with you, which I did. And... um. Uh, I just thought you might have more fun with the kids, and I asked you what you wanted to do. Yeah, and you said oh, you wanted to stay with the kids and Tracy instead and, of keep going on on the road. Yeah, oh, well, wow. just to San Francisco. It was just a tiny little road gotcha. trip that you went with me. Yeah, and then we all came back and had you know woke up and had breakfast with Tracy and Leon. And what would your friends tell you about the Julian stuff? About like about leaving or or. Oh, my friends, what did they say? Yeah. What, what took you advice? so long? Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you? Why yeah. did you stay so long? Yeah. I said. I just wanted to have make it a family, and wanted I just wanted a, to do my best. Yeah, and no matter what I tried, it, if it just didn't work, it's a, yeah. And uh, oh, what uh, some other stories that was, were fun. It's interesting because, like, yeah, I was reading this book called "The Truth" with this guy, written by this guy Neil Strauss and stuff uh, mm-hmm. by Neil Strauss. And there's this phrase that's in the book called emotional incest where it's like an enmeshed relationship where the parent kind of makes the kid their girlfriend and like and it's called emotional incest and it's and it's full on like pretty much what oh. my relationship with Julian was because it's like you left or you know you had to leave and then I'm with him and it's like he like projected this thing like almost like I was his girlfriend or his sidekick or his, his you know like I have emails from him where he's like, it's over, where he's so mad at me, it's over. And it's like, or it's your job to make me better in those moments where he's like, you know, and I've spoken to like as an adult and a grown up and, and stuff. It's like, but wait, I'm a kid. I'm not your girlfriend. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. molested. I don't think I was. I don't really, I wasn't, I right? No, I don't think at all. I don't yeah. think that, but if I did, I would have, I, I would, I would be in prison right now. For killing him. Yes, or, I yeah. would. No, I, I don't think I was either, but it's, but, uh. 
but yeah, but there's definitely like overstep, uh, no boundaries, you know, with him. So yeah, the the the, the weirdest thing is, I have never been around. Well, I have. I mean, I was never lying is very hard to. Just manipulative stuff is really hard to be around. Yeah, for any for me for anybody, and and. I just wanted just to like to get along and be happy, right? And laugh yeah, and be your yeah, own person. Yeah, and yeah. So, so uh, I had you. We shared like I had you eight seven days. He had you eight days, seven days, eight days. Oh, it must so, have been so hard for you. Oh my god, I would be with him for a full seven days, and then you for a full eight days or whatever. For, well, opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be the seven days. Oh, so He'd wow, be, wow. Eight, because he made more money. He I, said. Okay. And we went to the conciliation court, so nothing happened. I didn't want to have to ask him for money because I didn't want to talk to him. How old was I at this point? Six? Mm-hmm. I remember like being going to court and being like we put in a room by myself. Oh, I thought I was put in a room by myself. Not court, but I was like yeah. taken into a room and they're like, Who do you like more like who do you want to be with more? And like do you want you know Yeah, being so little. Being so little in this have really serious that I mean, a real serious thing, having to make a choice or explain why I want to see both of my parents and yeah but wow six years old yeah it's hard yeah yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I had it my way this time I would have you know well, what is is what yeah. happened happened yeah and I'm so happy I had you yeah I'm so happy to have you in my life more oh. than anything thank you and you know he's so mean to this day I can't hang out with this person he's just so nasty it's like he's got a screw loose or something it's so weird like I'll, I'll hear from him Every two years where he thinks he's going to die and he needs help and he'll reach out to me because he needs his daughter and he has a son from another marriage. This is for the listeners. I know you know these things. But like he doesn't talk to his son who's from a different girlfriend and the son is older and I don't talk to that guy either. And then he'll just reach out to me every two years right, and, and like be really intense. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm your dad. Like, I need you, man. I'm about to kick, man. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, so, okay. I'm going to go to him crying. I'm like, I love you. You know, whatever's happened, even though we haven't ta- spoken to it for two years, I'm here for you. And then, and then I help him. I help him. And then something happens and like he gets what he needs. He goes to the hospital. He gets better. I bring him his groceries and his food and I do what he needs. And then I'll do one thing, not perfect to his liking, or he'll just make something up or, or he just doesn't like how I speak to him or whatever. And then he just turns on me and then sends me a really nasty email about how ashamed he is of me and how like, you know, Oh, oh, it's just gnarly. Like these gnarly manipulations for somebody that turns on you. It's so bizarre. It used to really upset me. It did? Oh, my God. It did the exact same thing to me. It used to really upset me, but now that I'm away from it, I have really... That's, I have really, I'm very opinionated about therapy that wants to talk about it too much. Yeah. Because every time you bring it up... You relive it in a way? Yeah. But then and, I just don't want to meet somebody. I don't want to meet a new person who's like that. I'm trying to... I, don't, I always think I date good people, but I feel like... I, don't I know. think... I, I, for me, the less... If I just go like, it's from today, from today, let's just say, just say we understand what now is. And as being 60, I, I get very excited about not thinking about my past at all. Yeah. Because if they're negative stories, I'm the only one that's living them in my little mind. Yeah. And and if I let it all go, that's why I love Burning Man so much, because at first I didn't Everybody gets their own thing from stuff they do, but going there. Uh, no, you're fine. 
It was just like letting go of everything I felt guilty about because that guilt is my own guilt. Maybe, you know, not being perfect and for you, not being perfect for people. And I just want to say, fuck everybody and everything. Yeah. I do my best all the time. And I love my child. I'm so glad I have you. And that that's I'm just grateful for that. And I'm gonna that's all I think about. Yeah. And I think if I have stories about my dad, I, I now I don't think about the good ones because he's he's passed away. You think about the good ones. Yeah, because he was so funny. You know, he was like a really independent, you know, living in his truck, tuning pianos and 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 just being so like he was so brave. Your dad was a piano tuner, played uh-huh. great, he sold pianos, restored piano, like, like, and then played piano beautifully. Yeah. Was married to your mom. So that's Peter and married to your mom, Inky, my grandmother. And then they split up. They divorced, right? At some point. And then... My dad wanted to be free. He wanted to be free. So freedom is like a big theme, seems like for all of us, for us, you know, me, you, your dad. And he then, wanted to be free. And he went on the road. But he wanted his family to love him. It wasn't. He just wanted to be free. So, well, he was like, you don't, you don't have to talk about everything about your dad, but there are anything, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to read your lips because I. Oh, just about him, and we can cut anything out. You don't want me to put like put out there, but like he wanted to be free, but also like he was kind of at odds with himself because he was struggling with something internally, maybe. Oh, maybe my dad had experiences with men. Yeah, that he was. He was. Yeah, so that's and like, ladies and men, and so he he's just like bisexual. To, yeah, he but yeah, to, he wanted to live like all the things that he wanted before it was too late. Like, yeah. Oh, at what point did he leave to go do that? When he was like fifty? Oh, I think a little bit younger, forty something. He just was like, I'm going because yeah, he died when he was sixty three. He did sixty four. Yeah, right, right, right around there. So young. What it's did could, he die of? Prostate cancer. He never uh, went to the doctor, and he and he thought he had back problems. Nothing bad can happen to you. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. Oh no! Yeah, no, this is this is this is the thing. I just to me thoughts are so important, and I I remember sitting in the bathtub. My favorite place to think. Mine too. Why is that? I don't know. It's like maybe it's the, like in the womb. Yeah, it's like all the best Get thoughts. Get out of my womb. Yeah, all, the, all my best I'm thoughts. I'm private in here. Yeah, in my womb. yeah, yeah. And, and I go, where do thoughts come from? I mean. I, I kind of got really tired of talking about God because people kill so many people in the name of God. Yeah. And but there's something huge, like powerful, that makes worlds, that makes that makes I'm I'm tiny and I'm huge. I'm with all of it. I'm teeny tiny in my thoughts. I am my thoughts and and my feelings. And so I it's this is the, the most important thing I've ever learned in my whole life. Yeah. So I can you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm in Hollywood. I'm getting a little bit older. I'm not. This is like the most beautiful people in Hollywood. I mean, just are. You go down the street and go, oh, my God, she's so cute. He's so cute. Their people are just gorgeous. And if you don't love yourself, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. I feel so fortunate to have had you because I go, I have beautiful children. And I see other young people like you and I go my god they're just like my daughter they're so gorgeous they're so fun and they're they're finding their way they're a little bit braver than me they talk about everything or you do and I like that because it brings everything out in the open for you and the world it's a different way of being yeah I don't like to share too many personal things yeah because I don't know how to react to what people come at me with oh when you leave yourself wide open and then people come at you you've made yeah. yourself vulnerable yeah. yeah. 
I do do that because when you, you know, perform, uh, right? I, I've had sex with more people than my mom ever did. Yeah, and so she, when I was younger, we talked about this. She said, "Oh, well, you don't care who you have sex with because you have sex with different people." And I go, uh, "On the contrary, I care very much." who I have sex with so I change partners until I find someone that's right totally me too and I and so when people say oh you know oh what a slut I'm all yes I fucking love sluts yeah. you just, it's not <laughs> it's not that I love sluts more than people that aren't sluts yeah whatever you want a derogatory name you want to give to people that to girls aren't who have fenced se- in guys have sex girls have sex yeah with every whenever a guy has a sex with a girl the girl has sex yeah the guy if the guys if, if I'm there there's a dude there why isn't he yeah. getting the brunt of any of this judgment yeah yeah that judgment is ridiculous um yeah. but, but uh but I and so my mom was really cool. She goes, I never thought of it like that. Yeah, she's so cute. She just doesn't, you know. And she never gets defensive with me. And we have so many fun conversations. She's so smart as yeah. far as her, like listening to your heart. And she always wanted us to be free. And so sometimes you get really pissed off. Will you let me be too free. Oh, and, you get mad at her because you're like, you let me do. Where were the boundaries? You let me be too free. Yeah. But then, then I thought about it. My friends were on restriction. My mom. We, wouldn't re- we were never on restriction. If I didn't want to go to school, I didn't go. Yeah. I, and, and then my dad only worked one day a week. He, and so he said, well, I worked three days maybe working, at, working on the pianos for three days and for four or five hours. So then I was like a role model. So I never worked more than that except for, for in bands. And I never thought of that as work. Yeah. That's always so much fun. So I said, okay, I'll always have that fun. I go to my rehearsals and I just feel like, Whoa, yeah. life is the greatest. Because you all have to concentrate together, focus, work on a song, listen to other people's opinions and ideas that they have. This might be better, that might be worse. Maybe if you tried this, you try it, they go, no, try that. And it's just a going back and forth really fast and remembering it. Yeah. Because we don't, you know, we never had sh- like papers in front of us when we were singing at a show. You yeah. memorized everything, you did it. You, yeah. And I remember... In Precious Metal, the very first show that we did that was videotaped was at uh, MI, Music Institute. Yeah. Mara and uh, Alex both went there. I think my mouth is all dry. Oh, I'm you're sorry. fine. I just wonder if I'm going to ever have a kid or meet anybody that it works out with I don't always get along with. Well, and I don't, I, I don't want to talk about anything personal going on particularly in my life, but like it's just, uh, oh, it's so funny. I don't know what's going to happen. I would like to have a kid and I would like to, I'm so, uh, yeah, I guess I'm so disappointed today because I keep trying to date people and you get up and you try to date people and then, and I don't want to settle until something's right. But then I feel like, I don't know if the problem is me and my childhood and, and testing people or being a certain way, or if I just meet a certain type of person or, or I don't know what's going on with me. I was in a lift. I know I'm rambling now, but I was in a lift and I was kind of talking to my lift driver about something I'm experiencing this week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just felt really bummed and disappointed. Um, and he gave me a bouquet of flowers. Isn't that sweet? He was like, he's like, I want you to believe in love and, and these are for you to make you feel better. And he, cause he was going to go see his friends play and this lift driver this morning, this morning gave me a bouquet of flowers, but yeah, I'm just, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about now. I'm all over the place, but well, I think and you've always given me, I feel like I had my boy crazy radio and my blog, my boy crazy.com 
and I would give advice to like, I would be really forthcoming and honest on my blog and my podcast and my previous podcast where it was like Loveline where I'd give callers advice and stuff and I'd kind of serve as a big sister. And I always feel like I got, I was, I always, I feel like I'm good at giving advice because you've always given me such good advice because you've always been the person that I go to and then we talk around the entire issue and you like see it in such a whimsical way and you, you've had so many experiences and you're so not judgmental. I can tell you about, you know, all my dating stuff and all my stuff and you've always given me the best advice. So I get that from you. So we're so similar. I don't, you know, but what's going to happen? Well, what I think, what I look forward to have happen is that you try to not remember anything that makes you upset about anything. Cause you already know what everything is about your dad in particular. Yeah. And, and when it makes you sad, that means try to think of that. That means you're just not connected with yourself and you're sad because you're not with who you're supposed to be. I'm sad because I'm not with who I'm supposed to be. No, not the person, the other person. With, you're not connected to yourself. Okay. Wait, I don't understand. I want to understand this. Okay. What is, when you're sad in a relationship or in any general, time, okay. it doesn't matter. It, with it really, it's not the person in the relationship that's the problem, it's that you feel disconnected to yourself because of. Things that you're remembering, really? I, I Is it ever possible that it's the other person? It, that's very, it's very possible, but gives gives you no power, and that's and it's not about the power. It's about what do you mean? It gives me no power. It, Them, they don't give me any power. No, Wait, no I don't no. understand. You don't give yourself any power. What is that? What do you? I'm not, or I don't want to understand what you're okay. saying. Yeah, yeah. Listen, this is. I'll try my best to explain this. When you're, when you're feeling, perhaps needy from somebody that you're with. Let's say you like somebody and they like you. And when, when you're on your own, you're happy doing your business. When you're with someone, you expect them to be a certain way maybe. Well, that, and if they're not that way, then you get unhappy. So that, that is a condition I'm, I'm, do you follow me? Yeah, I'm listening. Okay, so when you love somebody, there can be no conditions. Yeah. So if there's a condition and they're not meeting that condition, yeah, you get unhappy. So you're leaving it up to you're leaving that weird power to someone who doesn't even want it. Yeah. And it only you should have it. it I understand. Okay, so that's the disconnect. Yeah. So when you're needing somebody to act a certain way for you. Isn't there ever a time where the person is, is even if I'm not like weeping over the exchange, I'm not getting what I want from them. What about a feeling of disappointment because you would hope to find your person and then, you know what I mean? Then. Yes. You just collect information when you date people and then you, you move on accordingly. I think so. I think that's what you do. And I also think, you, I, this would help me. It was like stunning. Tell me anything. Tell me uh, anything that's ever helped you because it would help my I'll listeners. I'll tell you it helped me because it was all me. I had diaries and diaries and diaries and diaries that I wrote, like stacks of songwriting things and diaries. Yeah, I have those and too. I read them when I moved out of my house and sold my house. I, I had to get everything out of there. I read all my diaries and I couldn't believe it. The only person that was the same in all these relationships 
was me. But wasn't Julian horrible? Some people, yes, are horrible, and some people are great. And it, but or wrong for you, or, or treat, wrong for or treat me. you disrespectfully. Yeah, I'm not saying I should have stayed with any one of these people, but I couldn't remember because I didn't put names down. Oh wow! So this was the key. I had no names, but every problem I had was the same with every non-named. I go, who was that? It could have been any of them. Oh, God. What does that mean, though, that we're picking the wrong people? That means we're not powerful enough. We're not connected. Powerful is the wrong word. Not connected, grounded enough to ourselves to accept someone exactly like they are. Exactly like they are. As they are. What without, if they don't know themselves? But that's, but that's not our problem. Yeah. Our problem is us. I was my problem. Yeah. I will always be my problem. Yeah. Because even if I have any kind of discourse, I go, oh, I'm sorry I brought you into this, Al. It's my problem that's her to boyfriend. make me. Yeah. It's my problem to make me happy. And it's such a relief because then I go away. I'm all discombobulated with whatever happened. And I go, what do I need to make me happy? I need to rent. I need to be loud because I'm a loud person. So I rent a studio or I go in the car or do anything. As Anytime I feel unhappy about want to blame him for something, and I go, oh, he's totally just doing his life. I understand that. And just practice that. A little bit every day when you find yourself being angry. Okay. And you go, uh, let's just say at a driver out of another car. Yeah. Save yourself the stress. And just, they might be in a hurry. They might just be assholes. It doesn't matter who they are. Yeah. The person getting angry. Is me. Yeah. It's in me. Anger, I think, makes you ill. Yeah. For a long time. So, uh, um, okay. I had a good, good one. Oh, I just forgot it. Oh, rats. Um. Relationships, anger, tethering. Yeah, some them. people aren't right, and some people are. Let's say, like, uh, some people, everything kind of magically fits. Oh, this is what I was going to say because my boyfriend has four sons with another woman. Yeah. And they're just, the kids are just so great. They're yeah. really darling. They're and, the cutest. Yeah. yeah. They're the most darling. And when we went, I met met her, his ex-wife, his former wife, Eveline, and every once in a while I go, because things would happen. Okay, this was the funniest thing. We were at her house for Thanksgiving, and she was really nice to me, totally sweet and nice and welcoming because Brandon, one of her sons, mm-hmm. said, Leslie's really cool. She loves the kids. She takes just worries about them and cares about them just like you do, and that made me very happy. And But we were there, and... Everybody has a past, but all these other people that were friends came up to me and goes, oh, I had this relationship with Al. I had this thing. And so I just laid down on the couch and I, because I don't like getting jealous, but I got really like deflated and I was, I already had had a cold. And so I just laid down on the couch and then Al, you know, we were driving home and, and he goes, what's the matter? I said, I don't even want to tell you what's the matter because I don't want me to have these weird feelings. I'm... And he goes, but what, what are you feeling? And I said, well, I think I'm a little bit jealous that you have all these babies and this lady and this whole family, and I was just there by myself. And I, and I, I, I just uh, 
don't want you to remember because I'm not proud of being jealous. I'm trying to get over it without involving you because this is me not feeling secure, which is definitely not your fault. Yeah. You know, all those babies. And he goes, do you want to go home and make a baby? Oh, he's so loving. He didn't get mad at you. He didn't get mad at you for being, for feeling your feelings. No, he just said, do you want to go home and make a baby? Well, that's a beautiful thing. And so I said, Yes, let's try. I think I have one egg left. Oh, good, yeah. <laughs> we tried, and it didn't happen, but we had so much fun trying. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so just because I was trying to not put any strength into my my emotion that I'm not proud of, but I, oh, it's so hard to not feel like that. And now, uh, Evelyn and I, we get... Along so great, we call each other sister wives. And her, oh, God. this jacket I'm wearing. Her husband gave this to Al. Well, that's nice. And and I wear it all the time. Yeah. And we're going to stay at their house in Georgia, from the 22nd to the so you, 28th. So you get along. You get along. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm just so when you're when I feel. But you have to. You hope to find somebody who, who, has the emotional capacity to, to be there for you and to like. Be cozy and be supportive and not just bail on you yes. or get mad or reactive when you have a natural human yeah. feeling that, yeah. that, that they like stick around. And, they don't and I, I think making it clear that you don't want to have that negative emotion about somebody or don't want to be manipula- manipulating because I felt like I was trying to corner him somehow. And I said, I can't, I can't do this because I'm just not, I'm just feeling so. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love you and I know this is just me. Because my mom doesn't get jealous. She doesn't? No. She's amazing. Like, everybody yeah. that's around, she's, oh, there's a, she's just amazing like that. So she's kind of just wonderful. And because my, my dad got sick, she was already married to Dave. And my dad said, I want to come home. I want you guys to take care of me. And my mom said, well, just because we're not married doesn't mean I can't complete my till death do us part. Aww. And she said, come home. And she took care of him, and she was holding his hand when he died. So, and my stepdad cried the most. Dave, he loved him so much. So they were like, it's emotional capacity. Yeah, it was a really to... wonderful thing to see, like exes and and togethernesses. And I saw it firsthand how much everybody loved each other. Yeah, and it's it's it always has a p- peculiar rocky road sometimes. Yeah, and you work it out, and you you I. I try to acknowledge my where my I try first I try to acknowledge myself why am I so insecure right now and and when I finally acknowledge I feel left out or I feel jealous I go let me just start practicing singing because I love singing yeah. and it makes me just you put your attention on something uh, else yeah, that yeah, makes you happy attentioning to it doesn't fix stuff but and then I get so happy then it's, Al comes home and I'm already happy and we have then we just move forward. We don't even talk about it because it's yeah. so. You'll never. You told me you never get to the bottom. You can talk. You can kind of talk it to death. Talk it to death with somebody you're dating, but you'll never get to the bottom of the thing. Yeah, to move on. If you can move on to fun, do it. Yeah, and it takes a lot of practice. Trust me. I met Al when I was 50, and yeah, you and I sat down wrote a list because you had just come out of a relationship that wasn't working. That was like unfulfilling. This person and yeah, right and. And then we sat down. I was like, "Mommy, you have to make a list." And then you made this list, and you kind of dreamt oh, every, up yeah. everything on the list is is who you're with now, and you've been with him for almost ten years, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what's going to happen for me? What do I need to do? Um, 
you're a little bit faster and you're more powerful than me and you're definitely smarter. So I think what you're going to do is take this journey to yourself because the more, the more, like if you look at what, um, if anybody tries to manipulate you yeah, or say you've did this or doesn't want you to go out there because whatever. Go out where? Uh, I don't know if you ever had a boyfriend that was don't talk about me or, you know, people that judge, the, like, listen to your shows and you say you, you don't like when they judge you for the... For oh, like the guy who, in January. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And when you find other very people sensitive do that to, to that. you, you yeah. don't want to do that to other people. Yeah. So anytime you find yourself putting the less you can, less conditions you can put on anybody else... I never get mad at anybody for for their art or talking about me or I want to be or free and loose or talking about other girls or other boys or, yeah. and when you find yourself being unhappy, figure out first, maybe it's just something that you're used to doing. Making myself unhappy. Yeah. Or sometimes maybe I, it's my inside saying, this is not right for you. It, it could so very walk well away be. and it don't be so be. mad at the person. Cause it's, cause it happens with me. It's like, I, I get so hopeful and I'm so romantic and I go, wow, oh my God, I can't believe this is going to happen. And then, and then when it ultimately, when, when it, not ultimately, but like when things don't pan out the way you hope with like marriage and love and kids and super crazy romantic and all the promises aren't fulfilled because all these like sweet nothings are said to one another. Mm-hmm. When those things don't pan out, I get so disenchanted and so sad. My heart just dropped and I'm like... But I know that I'm like, oh, they're not my person for whatever reasons. We're, yeah. we're different types of people and it's it's not a fit. And I get so angry. I get so angry and hurt and sad and and I go, ugh. And I'm, I guess I get mad at the person too a little bit because I go, I, I don't want it, like, I, I want it to be like, oh, I tried my hardest. I, I, want, I was open to this. I only wanted it to be good. Yeah. And I, I don't know what I'm saying right now. It's, I'm all over the place here. But yeah, so. Yeah. Um. What's gonna well, happen? I think it's a journey. I think I, I think I really do. I think first of all, I can't believe how lucky we are to have our bodies yeah. and our minds. And after my strokes, to know that how many strokes did you have? Two. Two. When you're how old and how old? Ah, uh, la 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 la. Two thousand three, two thousand five, and then I had heart surgery two thousand seven. Oh my god! And the healing process is very slow. Yeah. And Eve Reynolds, my architect friend, music lover, she taught me PowerCAD and taught me how to do everything that she does. So I have this wild life of building and architecture and measuring i don't i'm not an architect yeah but i i'm like her right hand man so you rebuilt yourself after this thing learned all these things and yeah your brain twice and she taught me this program twice and i remember after my second stroke i looked second at the, stroke your second yeah stroke. my second stroke and I look at the computer i'm going what do i do now and she'd whisper if only you were in your line tool yeah. and so like i could only take like 15 minutes of it yeah. i go in my room and i cry about not being able to facilitate like songs i'd sing a chorus and half a verse and i go that was great and mary goes that's very funny you know canary anyway but uh well tell me i'm jumping all over the place but yeah. uh oh god when did you feel like you really got to know we were talking about how like when i not to make it sound light and casual, but when I tried to I tried to commit suicide when I was like 16 years old or 15 or 16. I was just gotten out of a relationship, my first love, and person guy I lost my virginity too, and and uh, and then I had to I was in a coma for two weeks. And I remember Julian, my dad, he showed up for that. What was that like? 
Because I remember you telling me about like you were asking him to like just love me unconditionally. Oh yeah, I said, can't you just just love her? Like I used to watch you watch TV at our house at Lemp. You know, when you, you yeah, do, we don't need to get the address. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and uh, I'd watch you watch TV, and you were like mad at me about something, like a like a feisty teenager. And I just look at you and go, "She's just the coolest person watching TV I've ever seen." And I just always thought. I know you're going to just be Alexi and it's going to be great because you're so, you're so powerful and you just want what you want and then you go for it and you, and then we went to, uh, yeah. But so I was in the coma for like two weeks and you're there and you're drawing all these pictures of me and stuff and, and you told me, I remember just, you know, after that you told me about this conversation with Julian about how you're like, can't you yeah, just, I go, can't, you, can't you just love her unconditionally? Just love her for being this beautiful little person we have you know just love her look at her and what do you say i can't do that i can't do that i said wow you're lost you know so i was just try i was i was pleading with him just try to be you know and then we had i think before that we went to we went to the therapy for kaiser oh i was in group therapy before yes and you did this afterwards and i was very scared because oh, wait, why was i why was I in group therapy? Oh, for drugs. Yeah, I was taking and you speed. told me, mommy. You said I'm I'm doing meth, and uh, it's, oh my it's god, kicking my ass. I said that. Yeah, and you said you have to be really strong. You have to help me quit. I said that to you. Yeah, you did. How and old was I? Fifteen or sixteen? My age is so, right around fifteen, probably. And I said, okay, no problem. And you said I'm going to be a real problem because this stuff is so addictive. He goes, I I I can't stop. You have to help me, and so. Immediately, I called Kaiser. We were in the car together. Called Kaiser, and I said, "My daughter asked me that she needs this. What do I do?" Who Kaiser do I talk Permanente to? is a hospital in Los Angeles, so we call them. Yeah, drug program well, there. Yeah, they had it on Sherman Sherman Way, whatever. Yeah, and and uh, we went there like in forty five minutes. We didn't. I didn't wait till the next day. You told me that we were in the car and we went. We had an appointment. And what do we do? We talked to Mo Shapiro. Yeah. Yeah. She had an appointment right away. She and you had to go to you had your own personal therapy. Then with you had her. with a with and her. then you had me and you and, and Julian supposed to go. Did he go? Therapy. He went we went once, but then you said things he didn't like, so he said, Forget this, I'm leaving. And uh then we went to the, the whole group therapy. Every day after school I would do personal three and days a week. Three days a week, personal therapy and then group therapy with a bunch of kids. Yeah, three and, days a week. Yeah, and then with me, and so that was three days a week for I don't know a year, a long time. But you got really sad after because this stuff is you got depressed afterwards because the speed message of barrier. But anyway, what was really great was watching you in therapy, and you were so helpful to other people. You know, you were not liking me at all, and it was, <laughs> it was very painful for the mommy. And you, but you were so loving to other people and so supportive to other girls. And you, and you would just like talk to them about this and that. And they'd say, "My mom has to give me money after I'm not getting a big enough allowance." And then you're in the car, and you just looked very serious. She goes, "Yes, mommy, today I'm going to get a job." And it was so cute because you had, yeah, you were you weren't sixty, you were fifteen, and so. You had to take the bus, and you got a job at a clothing store. Oh, in Melrose. Yeah, called Funky a, Diva. Yeah, the number one sales girl for, like, every time. It was so funny. Oh, and I would drive you to school, and and 
you would just not talk to me. So I, I go, if I talk to her, she, she won't like me. So I'll just touch her back. And I'd rub your back, and I'd put my hand away, and you go, Mommy, don't stop touching me. I still am to this day. When any, <laughs> when any boyfriend I have, if, if like there's something weird, if he, he puts his hand on my back, anybody who rubs my back, I will just melt. It's like, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And uh, that, was, that was the hardest time in my whole life. That, yeah. that was, I have to say, it was the worst. You know, it was just yeah. the worst. Yeah. But it was so great to see you in... Like doing that in therapy, it was like the greatest. And 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 Mo loved you so much, and it was it was actually it was a real learning experience. And you did it. You know, you told me you asked me to do something, and I would make you go every day. I'd pick you up from school. Every, every I worked at the Raleigh Studio Cafe, and right after my jo- job, I was perfect. I could go. Pick you up. You brought me food. You picked me up. You, you took drive me to your thing. therapy. For, like we drive. It took five at five thirty was your therapy. Oh it's about seven thirty or eight. In terms of drive home, a lot of driving. I take you home, and then I'd go to my rehearsal. Yeah, you're <laughs> like a band. single badass mom dealing with all this stuff, and like, yeah, you got to see my personality develop because that was the first time you were like just sitting back and watching me interact with strangers. Yeah, and it's and that kind of version of me is the same that I how I am how I was on my blog. On this podcast, yeah, at my girls' night in things that I throw, like it's like, yeah, it's such yeah. an independent way of thinking. You invent these things to do, and then you do it with such such specialness and care. And girls that are like trying to achieve something in town and oh. or anywhere, and and to have girls that that are interested in that is so fun. You know, you told me something really nice about the girls' night in nights because like I throw this monthly event called Girls' Night In where it's like either between like fifteen or fifty girls you know that live in Los Angeles and they contact me via like Facebook or Instagram if they want to go and you know it's like 40 bucks and it's rosé and food it's like snacks and food and a gift bag and it's like and anyway it's like this beautiful little little cathartic event which is girls only a safe space and, and everybody goes around in a circle and shares and I have it at a private residence and whatever but you told me this really nice thing because you always help me set up for it and like and and you know, we go run errands and get ready for it together. And you just remember you telling me how sometimes just listening to a girl, like listening to a person is all, they just want to be heard. And it's such a true thing. Cause like I'll be in these, you know, at one of the girls nights and I'll just, you know, I start, I, I overshare about myself to let them know where I'm at. So they don't feel alone. Like I, I tell them how I'm doing and what's going on with me. And then we kind of go around the circle. Yeah. And, and I just, and I, put all my attention on them and I listen and you can tell like they just feel like so this cathartic thing happens in them that you can tell they're just so grateful to have somebody listen to them and it's mm-hmm. an interesting thing and then, and you knew that you told me how important I was like oh I don't it can't be that important and it was it's so important they feel seen you know they feel listened to and understood or not alone it's just so yeah. such a beautiful thing it's so simple but it's yeah. like so beautiful but Oh. Yeah. And every time there's stuff that you that you go through, it's a sifting thing of what you're going to what you want for the next person and then you go, "Oh, I'd like to change this. I'd like to add this to my behavior that I'm really independent cuz I personally don't really like a needy boyfriend." Yeah. And so I know that I will not be needy, you know? Like if Al's doing whatever he's doing and I just do and I just know hell we're cool everything's cool but yeah. 
I never felt that way with anybody in my whole life. People, you know, oh, Julian wow. asked me to get married, and there's a marriage certificate on the wall at the on the front door every day. And every day, I thought, I will never marry you. You're just not kind enough. You're not kind enough. Yeah, no, you're not kind. I just want to feel safe with someone. I just want to be able to be my complete self, accept another person for who they are, but yeah. also like trust them and and like not feel like they're just going to bail on me or turn on me. That they mean what they say and like and just feel uh, okay. cozy. I would say watch. Watch your words. Like, what do you mean? You tell me to watch my words. You're okay. really good at telling, at, at, and you help me a lot. Okay. I won't, I don't want them to bail on me. Yeah. How about using? I'll make them feel safe, and they'll make me feel without. They the, make me feel with, safe. I make them feel safe without the negative. Part. Got it. Yes. But that that is see that's how strong and powerful thoughts are. You you eliminate any of those negative things that you don't you don't repeat over and over the things that ultimately hurt you. Well, I just want it to feel like coming home for somebody where it's like just safe and because I'm such a loyal person. Like it's like, I really am such a loyal person. I just want to laugh with someone and just to be able to be my complete self. They can be themselves and it's just cozy and kind and like coming home. That's all I want. And it's like, why is... It's, <laughs> because love is, it's all, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot different. It's it all is. the things and also Al is like the first person that Anything he does, I go, oh my God, he's so cute. I don't care what he does. I can't even remember it. So, and and I remember all the diaries I wrote about all these random people that were the same person, which ultimately was me. So when I took that on board and just say, oh my God, that's me. So what is my habit? What do I do? Write it down. You feel know it. I love you. I don't know what your habits are. But I, do, I, do I pick the same person over and over again? Well, if you do, you... It, it, certain behaviors bring out behaviors in other people. So okay. just, it's not my job to, I love you and I think you're the most powerful person because I was, you had to be born and you were the boss of me and that's just the way it is. You were the funniest. Oh, there was another story. I can't remember what it is now. I, when you were talking, I thought of it, but. Oh, you told me that I had to, I remember you told me that you maybe wouldn't have had, almost didn't have me, right? Oh yeah, but I, I walked, I wasn't going to have you. And you walked in where? Uh, it would it be called an abortion clinic and the only reason I told you that is because when you were in the hospital after you after you were you tried to not be here you said but mommy there's there's nothing here for me I shouldn't be here and I said oh my god you had to be here you're the like I knew everything about you you know I knew I knew exactly what you looked like and you said you said I have to be born, and I and I don't care what anyone says. It was like clear as a bell, and I just turned around and walked out, and and uh, yeah, and I, and then Julian said, "Well, what if what if your baby? What if the baby's a boy?" And I said, "It's not a boy, and if it is, we'll call him Bubba." But I know <laughs> it's not a boy. Yeah, you know. So I, it's some of these things you just have these deep, deep feelings, and th- those were like. It's obvious. When it's there, it's just so obvious, you know? Do you think, who am I going to end up with, do you think? I have no idea, but he's going to be cool. He is. Everybody you pick is cool. And and if they're just not the right one... It doesn't mean they're bad or not cool. That's right. Just you, not you, my really, thing. Everybody, I, I don't meet very many of your people, but I I hear some podcasts or hear some things or, or hear stuff. They're, they're cool. And the exes that you're friends with, Amazing, amazing people. So it, it didn't work because it didn't work. 
And when you're young, it doesn't work sometimes because you're just really young. Now, you know, it's... uh, And so many people... You will definitely find someone. This is like not a doubt. And you just, but all the time, check yourself. Why am I feeling sad? This is, it's on me that I'm mad right now. I'm in a car and I'm driving and I'm fucking pissed off at this fucker in front of me. Now that is a really great challenge. Yeah. Just to not be mad at that fucker that does everything wrong in front of you. Yeah. Let him do it wrong. Who the fuck cares? You're the only one that... He didn't in, the, in a car in a bad. I, I, I stress that mood, and stress causes shitty things in your body. So, and every day it just gets better. It does. Oh God, yeah, it's amazing. I love every day better, and I I, I can't even believe it. I I go, this is completely bonkers. That yeah. Well, how are you different? Like, what do you do differently now with in your life and? in your relationship that you didn't do when you were younger that makes your life... Because the other day you said, like, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. And I totally believe you, too. And it's like, wow, it's so great. Like, so what is different? What's the shift inside you if it's on you? That I don't find fault in anyone. You don't? Nope. Not for, not, I, 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 all I try to do is see what, I, what my goal is, what makes me happy. Like, it's... It's on me. Like if I'm playing music and I I I act like a victim while I'm like with a guy, which is what I do. You do? Oh yeah. And or you I, have, or you do? I, I don't do it anymore, but I have. And it it puts any. And I did this with men because of my dad being a musician and my brothers, and then me being the sister. I could carry that around, and I did. What did you do? Well, I just got a little bit. You muted yourself, or yeah, felt and just like, like I don't know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but now I just go, oh, I want to do this because I think this is better, or I don't know. Tell me what to do because I really don't know what to do. But have it really focused, like strong. Yeah. Like this is not your fault. You're not making me wimpy. I'm. Oh, you want to go play with that guy? Okay, I love you. I'm going to be doing writing my thing and singing. I don't. All I care is that, I, and I love having family bands. I love music all around me because, of course, every time you came over before, now I'll have a drum set set up again. Yeah, I like I playing drums. Everybody, I was going to bring a guitar, but I thought you would just die. Oh, I wouldn't have. Oh, you come back another another time. Okay, and we'll sing some songs together. Okay. Yeah, we should. And so I just, I, and every time I get happy, my guy comes home and sees how happy the house is. There's only happiness. It's yeah. when I get like. Uh, and and I did that with I did it with Al a little bit, but the it was so fun because I was really aware that oh my god that's me that's on me yeah I'll just tell him that's on me and I I don't know how to get rid of it but leave me alone and I will yeah and I I'd, I'd go somewhere. Did you ever get into drugs or anything? Me no. just alcohol more. But when I'm on those things, I I have to tell you I can't drink alcohol when I'm like that when I'm in a moody weirdness because. Alcohol is a definite depressant. Yeah, it just brings you down. And and since I had this hole in my heart, I'm I can't. I never really did drugs. I was afraid. And uh, you always knew you had a hole in your heart. I never knew it, but I I was always afraid. Yeah. But all my drug. friends are drug users. Yeah. And I love them because their minds, they're they think more fun. Like I'm Al, Eve, all my smart people. They like to poke smart. Smoke pot? Yeah. Okay. And I I try, and it's just like, 
I just like, Whoa. yeah. And and uh, you tried mushrooms, though, right? At yeah, Burning Man, a little twice. The first time I tried, I drank alcohol and it was horrible with mushrooms. Yeah, at Burning Man. Yeah, the first time, and then the second time, probably the fourth time I was there, I I did mushrooms just. Just mushrooms. Sober mushrooms. It was, it was delightful. It was? Oh, yeah. What was it like? It was just everything was more sparkly and energetic and and everything had a deeper, deeper meaning. Like somebody just let everything sink in a little bit more. Because at Burning Man, what's so nice is there's so much art. I can't condense it, really. I don't know how. But there's so much art. And, at, and you know, you kind of come alive at night and everything's lit up and these cars that are just to people's imaginations and people dress so fun and where I'm like I look conservative there I'm I I would I'm a little older so I don't want to go naked I just don't and I wouldn't have when I was, well I mean who knows but I it's so fun and it's it's also people aren't kiss kiss assy there they're pretty gnarly and so some people Get too fucked up and they die. They're like they're, I heard that my friend of mine was people talking. Rape me. People, I mean, it's the some same. people it's rape like people, people at Burning Man. Yeah, it's the same. Really? Yeah, you got to be careful wherever you go. Oh my yeah, god, I think that. But but so it's not. It start. You have to know the whole past of Burning Man is just fucking gnarly. They used to be all about guns and shooting and and but they had to kind of stop that because it would hurt people and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I like that. I, you know, some people say, oh. It's all messed up now, but it's why is it just up different now? because oh, it's too more mainstream. A lot, of cons- a lot of people that don't really fit in the constraints of what a cool Burning Man person is. Like the, they're so cute and fluffy and gnarly and whatever. They're like Bermuda shorts and things go there now. Oh, dorks go there now. Kind of, yeah. And but the loving thing is that they're seeing all this. And bringing it in the world, and they love it so much because you can see it. They go, "Oh my God!" They've never been brave enough, and they're there, yeah. and they love it, you know. And all these, and it's not a concert where you go to. It's that everybody brings their art and shares it. So Al and I, we had a stage in the back of the RV, and we'd always say, "Drummer wanted" on a sign, you know. Oh and then my Some God. drummer would walk by, and we have all these things. Also, next time we never played with, we were playing all this stuff, and uh, or. Uh, Oh, the people next to us were just just a peculiar group of people, and and we met them later on. You know, they're like billionaires. And, so funny, really. They, yeah, we didn't know. I didn't know. Do they live in an apartment? Do they live in a house? I didn't care. They were so fun. You were camp next to billionaires at Burning Man. Yeah, and they're really hilarious. And what they did was, at least millionaires. I mean, they're my mom's Burning Man adventures. Yeah, at yeah, least so millionaires. Fun. Yeah. And uh, so Burning Man is over, and Al keeps in touch with everybody. I don't. I don't know why that is. I just don't seem to find time. Yeah. I, no, but I, I do with, we do together. Some people I do. Okay. And they invited us to play at their Halloween party. Did I tell you this already? I think so, but now we're on a podcast. So, oh, yeah. That's yeah. different. Um, <laughs> oh, I forgot. Uh, um, so they said, we so well, we'd love to come up and play at your party, but we don't have a drummer for our band. So they hooked us up with this guy. We sent him tapes of everything we do. He learned all the songs we, we did. Yeah. And so we thought, we didn't know, is this going to, where is this going to be? Yeah. So we got the address and we're driving in the RV. We're going, going, going. And we're driving through the woods, you know, and it's like, where did oh you end God, up? Far. Excuse me. That's you. <laughs> this fantastic house is incredibly, unbelievably huge house we they greet us you know oh yeah you're where's this going okay where are you telling me though the the point is you never know you're gonna meet a burning man but then you end up at this okay so it's a 
beautiful billionaire's estate where? I, somewhere out of off of San Francisco. Yeah, in okay. that area up there. Yes, you and in the woods. And this house, the downstairs is like bigger than any club I've been at. Wow, it's got uh, dancing cages, you know, poles, tra- one of those trapeze things going on. Jesus, it was like, what? And just from people you met at Burning Man. Yeah. I remember when you and first it was met- like there's like a thousand people there, and it was like, and we were the entertainment, and we didn't even know. I mean, who would know? I remember you, when you first got back from Burning Man, and you're like, you're like Alexia. You went, you're in my, came into my bedroom, and you took out a map. You're like, oh my god, you have to like this. This is incredible. You have to go, and you like <laughs> unfolded this map, and you explained all this stuff, and the Burning Man, how they kept, they set it on fire. Like I've still never been to Burning Man. I probably you know won't ever go. I don't think I have any desire to go. But like, but uh, but yeah, I remember you're so excited. But oh, uh, but but you only and then needed the mushrooms twice. And then you've been gone four times. I did acid once. There? No, when I was 30. How was that? It was, I loved it, but I stayed up too long. How come? I, I don't know what it was laced with, but it was, yeah. I loved it. I, and I go, Carol, anyway, somehow Whatever. I got it. Yeah. Carol, the drummer of Precious Metal, we, she had a stamp with me because she apparently was the one who gave it to me. And it was, I was dosed, and which is like, could have turned out really bad. Oh, wait, it was accidental? You didn't mean to take it? I didn't mean to take it. They, she dosed me on purpose. Really? That's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, but it turned out so great. So I'm just looking at the outcome. Why? What happened? Why was it so great? We had so much fun. So I'm going, okay, Carol, now we have to look at ourselves in a mirror because I don't know what I look like anymore. And she goes, no, you can't look at yourself in the mirror when you're on acid. That's the big no-no. And I go, oh, but we're going to look at ourselves in the mirror because everyone was sleeping on the bus and we were like in this weird uh, diner. Yeah. At some weird... I think we were in Canada, even or, or Washington, somewhere up there. All the details. You give me oh, yeah. all the details. Oh, but uh, but so what? What happened when you looked in the mirror? Carol goes, "We can't." I go, "Did you?" Yeah, she, uh, yeah. I, I'm very persuasive, and I go, "Aren't we the most beautiful people in the world?" When you looked at yourself in the mirror, yeah. oh, that's good. You want some mangled Carol freak? Goes, Carol goes. I'm not looking. Yeah. Yes. Look, you're so beautiful, Carol. You're like the most beautiful girl I ever saw. This is in your 30? Yeah. Oh, my God. I just did LSD twice when I was in um, wherever I was, Hawaii. It was like microdosing and it was like very mellow, but it was like euphoric and cool. And I felt like very, you know, like I'm having intense conversations and I could whatever, but I don't really need to do that again. I tried that. Like I've tried a bunch of things recently and I think I'm... Got that out of my system. It wasn't even in my system. I was just got near it, and people were like, "Want to try this stuff?" And I was like, "Ah, all right, okay." So I did it, but I wasn't seeking it out for sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather I hadn't stumbled across it actually, but I did, and I thought, "Oh, I'm going to try these things," and you know, I'm an adult, and but I'm like, you know what? I'd rather just I, I want to stop drinking. I want to take a break from drinking right now. I just feel yeah. like I'm too too acidic, too troublesome and problematic. It only amplifies weirdness, and I can have fun without it and stuff like that. But uh. Anyway, I do want to ask you, well, you're going to have to land this plane momentarily, but you have to come back and bring a guitar and like stuff like that, but we're hitting on all these things, but I don't know. Oh God, we didn't get to talk about, uh, oh, what about the Donald Trump video? You've hated him for a long time. You've hated oh. Donald Trump for a long time, but it started early on. Yeah. When? Because when you were in Precious Metal, I just have to touch on this such a funny, weird, yeah. bizarro tidbit, and it's... My mom can't stand Trump, hates Trump now. He was a dick to her a long time ago in general because you, Precious Metal, did a music video. Your band, Mr. Precious Big Metal. Preci- your band, Precious Metal, did a music video for a cover song. You guys did a cover of, a really awesome cover of Mr. Big Stuff. Yeah. And then 
Donald Trump was supposed to star in your music video. He did star in your music video. Yeah. How did that happen? And then what, how did that, how did that a- unfold? About? How did it come about? Okay. What was it like shooting it? And then what was the aftermath of that? Okay. Our, Every we, we, detail. Okay. We were signed to a label called Chameleon. Okay. The president of, the, of Chameleon, Stephen Powers, and his friend, Jay, Danny Prisker, they were partners. We brought him in later. Danny Pritzker's dad is Jay Pritzker. The Pritzker family, they're billionaires. And they're, so Jay Pritzker, the dad of Danny Pritzker, which is one of the owners of Chameleon, mm-hmm. he said, I'll ask Donald Trump to be in the girls' video. I had never heard of Donald Trump. You hadn't? What year was this? Like 1980? He just wrote that book, The Art of a Deal. Oh, The I Art never, of a Deal. I don't, I don't care about stuff like that. I mean, yeah. it just seemed... You know, I never heard of him before. So, so Danny says my dad's asking his his good friend uh, Trump to be in your video, Mister Big Stuff, and he'll play Mister Big Stuff. Not that if I like him or not, I'm I'm just yelling at somebody. Who do you think you are, Mister Big Stuff? Oh, because there's a scene in the video. Yeah, who do you think you are, Mister Big yeah. Stuff? Yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. And so um, they flew. So. We said if if our label wanted to do, we loved our label. They they were giving us money, was supporting us, and they were. Stephen Powers was so great and kind and supportive. And so you did the shoot. We did How well. They fun? flew Janet and I to New York. Okay, we went to the Grand Hyatt Hotel. All right, and we had whole, we had rooms there, and we also shot the video in the in the penthouse up there. So we were at the penthouse. The ladies putting makeup on us. It was really fun, glamorous and fun. Yeah, and um. And then Trump shows up with about nine guys around him, and he's like, so nice, really, really nice, so ni- nice to meet you girls. And this is like 30 years ago. Wow. So wow. 30 years younger. And still, so I had just met him. He goes, so nice to meet you. And and, and, and that's all. He just, and then we, we, we said, let's start the shoot. He was all really businesslike and at first. And then... We, we shoot the video, the whole thing. And oh, he tells us, oh, I love the song so much. I love your band. This is going to be great, you know. And I, I know there's $10,000 for my a charity of my choice. And we said, that's so cool because our label could afford 10000 That's all. Our label was so small. Yeah. And so we shot the video. And when we're done, he goes, the only, the only inappropriate thing he said, he didn't really, it was to Janet. And she was the youngest. And he said, oh, Nice hard body, and and Janet's like ew. You know she hates guys. Any, I mean, you know she doesn't hate guys. She's just she's gay. You know she doesn't care about that kind of intrusion in her life. So anyway, that was it. Then it turns out he changed his mind. He wanted two hundred and fifty thousand for the charity for his caller. He wouldn't sign off the papers, and and our label just said he goes well if you put the video out, I'll sue you you know, to our label. So our video never came out. And oh it was God. it was like we were on medium rotation with some other video on MTV and they just stopped it. Oh. And so it was like, and I was just a single parent trying to be a successful musician, money, right? And yeah. that happened, I swear to God. And it, it was just like, it just shot me in the stomach because we we toured and we we worked so hard and we, anyway, it was. And you were on Capitol Records too before Chameleon? Oh yeah, a capital with precious Mercury. metal. You were in ca- what, and you got dropped. Oh no, in EMI, I was on. Uh, Promises was EMI. I was had a solo thing on Capital. You did from yeah. Promises. Uh, yes, yeah, solo because there's a lot of backstory, but it ended up being just me and on at Capital. Yeah, because they no no the, all three of us did did, did uh, Capital, but then they dropped us. But then they asked you to do a solo thing. 
then they said, well, do you solo? That's great. Yeah. But then your I, family was kind of weird to you about it, right? They were like, no, 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 wasn't no. Your dad that was weird. To... That was before. My it, dad was just insane. That, oh that's another story. Okay. But this, this was, this was, um, we did a whole record with Jack Nietzsche, Jad and I, and Benny at first, but then. Your brothers. Yeah, yes. And then Benny quit. He wanted to just, he just was sick of the whole thing. Got it. And then it was just Jed and me. And, and then the, they call, we, I got a call from the Rupert, I got a call from somebody and they dropped, they, want, they didn't like the album that we made with Jack Nietzsche. Okay. So then it was like, okay, Jed, it was just Jed and me and we were just done. You know, it, it was hard to carry on. And, and then I, they, there's a producers that I liked. Joey Carbone and Richie Zito, and we did. And he said, "Okay, they they contacted me and said, do you want to write some songs together?'" So I had beginnings of songs, and we wrote these songs, three of them, and we went to Rupert Perry and said, uh, "They they called him up and said, uh, we have these three songs, and would you?" He said, "Come in my office and sing them." At Capitol? Yeah, in this the vice president's office, and okay. just sing like yes myself. And I, I think I re- you were already, uh, whatever. And, and we sang, sang, and he goes, okay, I'll give, you the, I'll give you a budget, do the songs. He got the songs back. He didn't like the production. He called me up and said, Leslie, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to drop you. And I went, I cried, right? And then, um, then, then I joined another band. But precious me- Was this Precious Metal or Promises? No, after or- that, pr- Promises. Precious promises, Metal was after that. Promises is your solo thing, but then you got dropped off as a solo artist at yeah. Capitol. Yeah. All right. But, but then, so, then you're on Chameleon. The whole thing with Trump happens. Yeah. And you were on the news and stuff, right? Talking yeah. about, like... Front page of the Washington Post. Oh, my God. It was so weird. Like, the news was, scares me because they just clip you off when they feel like it, right? Oh, wow. And so, Donald Trump said, I didn't know they were going to put me in all these different parts of the video. And then he, there was a script. He read everything, okayed it, and we filmed it. Like, you have to be there when you're not, like, accidentally being filmed yeah. doing a video, right? Yeah. He goes, I didn't know they would use all. They never told me that that much would be in the video. They, they just did that on their own. And, like, so I said, oh, my God, he, can, he can't read. Can the guy read? Yeah. You know, like, like, he did it all. He said it. He shot it. Yeah. And then he wanted more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A greedy and then, jerk. And then toying with your life. But but they cut. They just didn't let our voice just come through. You know, they just shut us up. Like what did they cut you off saying? Where um, what, what did you got? What did you get across? Oh, Jan and I were sitting next to each other, and then I said that, and Janet goes, "Well, maybe he didn't understand." And then and, they cut you off. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and so I, I like I like I, I went to Janet's leg. I'm like, what do you mean not understand? He's a grown-up. He can read, can't yeah, he? Yeah. And that, that they didn't... Anyway, it was just like so... What a nightmare. Yeah. And and that that was like... That was uh, that. Was that. that was devastating and irritating. Oh, so, so irritating. You had a problem with him from the get-go. What a dick. Yeah. So then I, when he started running for president, I'm going, oh, God, that'll never happen. No one else. Everyone will see through that. Oh, we, we looked him up after that. This guy is so mean. He would turn off the... the um, the heaters in New York from these buildings that he had, these slum places, and, and old people would die. And then they took all that off. He, like, cleaned up his past, his history as much oh, as he could. He the internet. Yeah, he's like... Ugh. And there was... The, the internet was just starting, it seemed like. It wasn't that huge as it is now. Yeah. And it's just so... 
so great. Everything's coming out. Oh yeah. my God. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Well, I dislike that man. What other stuff like, what other stuff did you go through with Guy? Any weird like moments where it's like all this stuff is coming out with like Harvey Weinstein and Brett Ratner and Russell Simmons and all these like stories in the news about like women being assaulted or harassed or raped or just treated all crazy. Like when you were in an all girl band or when, or just, just between in your lifetime, have you had any like real seedy weird things? I mean, your relationship with my dad is one well, thing. That's one already seedy enough thing yeah. to talk about today. Yeah, that's, ugh, that's like, that's one thing. Um, it's well, so great that you got out of that. It's so great that you like survived that, you know, that's oh, great. You. Uh, I think, you know, I think, uh, because Mara was so cute at Polygram Mercury, where we got signed first, the the new vice president. You know, they were gonna they they sacked Russ Reagan, who signed us, who was really really liked our band, who was really good. But then they got Dick Asher, and then Dick Asher was trying to pick up on Mara, and so we would tease Mara. Oh, Mara! He tried to wanted to go to come to my hotel room, and Mara goes, "Ew, no." <laughs> so we love Mara for not doing that because we don't want to. Ew, you don't want you don't want to get anywhere just based on like Mara fucking someone with power. And she no. didn't want to do that either. And you know what happens, Alexi? What? You don't get the thing anyway. You don't get the you probably don't get it anyway. I mean, anybody who fucks themselves into it and they get it, and I love them for it, but I how, how do you know? I mean, is there you a never know. I will fuck you and you'll put me in a uh, Well, you know, you know what's so you'll funny? Put my record out, you know, that Well, it's so weird cuz Julian, my dad used to always say if only Mara, Mara, if only Mara had fucked that guy, the guy you're talking about. Yeah. So my dad would, would always like fr- like tell me this story just to me being like Mara and, and, and your mom's band could have had everything if she had just gone up to the hotel room, but she fucked it up. Like, so I was being taught like, oh, if a man wants to fuck you and he's in a position of power, it's <sighs> on me if I don't go do it because then I'm sabotaging my... So it's so weird to like, you know, oh, God. the avenues in which these stories... Well, now that we're all grown up and yeah. we all knew that Mara should never have sex with anyone unless she wants unless to. Unless she wants to. Yeah, and yeah. that's a good thing. Oh, my God. Well, what advice do I need? What, give me some advice from where I'm at. I'm not going to get into specifics and where I'm at emotionally, but you know, I talked to you on the phone yesterday, and I'm kind of in an emotional place, and yeah. I don't want to give any details away. It's my whatever, but like, give me life advice moving here on forward to be happier and 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 hopeful about. You know, my Lyft driver giving me that bouquet oh. of roses after I was telling him that I was a little bit sad and disappointed today. Um, that was really sweet. So now, well, I don't want to tell you anything to do. Grieve what you need to grieve, but as soon as you feel ready, love yourself and unconditionally, and carry that on to other people. Love them unconditionally, unconditionally, and really. I can love friends unconditionally. I can't love romantic partners unconditionally. uh, Well, and uh, when you're getting when you're getting to know them, when you're collecting information, you're getting to know them because you're like, oh. Would I marry this person? Could I trust this person? Is this how they behave? Is this how they act when they get angry? Is this how they act when they feel insecure? Is this how they act when uh, you show like because yeah. you're learning like how to be with another person? Would I have a child with this person? Can I yeah. can I feel safe with them? So so I can love people unconditionally, but it doesn't mean I'm gonna still tether myself to them or Oh don't tether even I say don't tether ever. Yeah. And also the when you say how are they gonna behave when I get angry with them? Or how how are they going to behave when I get insecure or sad or yeah. quiet or um, or just quiet? It's so funny. I don't know. Or when they get insecure, when they're stressed. I don't know. It's interesting. People's behavior and certain people mesh mm-hmm. with you better and are more gentle and have the emotional capacity to be a certain way or yeah. or, mo- or more emotionally available, I guess, or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, what what what's the advice? My I, my. 
You're so amazing. I, I, the only thing is, the only thing, advice I would have, if you don't have to take any of it, is check your anger. Check my anger. Check your, like, oh, I don't have to be mad. Every time, any, no matter what in right now in your life, I don't have to be mad. And, you know, like angry. And, you know, angry anger does feel pretty good because it's better than just feeling depressed and sad. Yeah. So once you move past that, but if you get moved, you know, it's better to be angry than just moping around. That's like what that. Abraham Hicks says. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I love that. But just when you're driving, you don't have to be angry. So find out every time you're angry, just, just replace it. Don't just love yourself for being angry and then move to replace it with like something that makes you feel better. Okay. And a thought, a, habit, a feeling, just yeah. a thought, a feeling, just a mood switch. Just try to get out of the bad mood. The faster immediately. And the, yeah. And the faster, the more you practice it, the faster you won't be in a mood. And then everything changes for you. People, re, you reflect what it'll reflect. You, you meet the coolest people. Well, then what am I reflecting if I meet the people who are not right for me to be well, a not every, boyfriend? You know, maybe everybody I met, I don't still think is not right for me except Al. And so he's, you know, everybody else still, even if I look at them lovingly, hell, I'm glad I'm not with them. any of them. I'm with Al. Yeah. Like, you know, they don't, they never existed. I never knew of those people. <laughs> yeah. That was a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like <laughs> taking all this in. Oh my God. No, because for yourself, it's like, yeah, if people just make you angry, then you shouldn't be around them because they're just provoking you to be angry. But if you're angry a lot at stuff that doesn't matter then it's a real fun thing. Like, it, I would get sad because it's more victim-y. Yeah. I don't like, it's worse than being angry. Oh, poor me. <laughs> and that's that's what I do. And, and I go, oh, God, that's, shut up. I, I just tell my, okay, Leslie, what do you do that's cool? What do you want to do now that's fun? I'll drag myself to this rehearsal place. And then I start singing a song. I go, to I a, have so much to do. To dance, you love dance classes? Oh, my God, that's a life changer. Oh, when I turned 57 or 58, oh my God, yeah, when I turned, right around then, Al came home and he, and there's a girl that writes sayings on those mattresses that people leave out in the street. Right? Oh, yeah. And Al always reads them. He finds them. He, and he, he's a friends with her on Facebook and goes, he always tells her where there's new mattresses. So, it's so, so you can write a message yeah. on, on the mattress. That's funny. <laughs> so the, ma- the message that he told me was, in one year, you'll wish you started today. Oh my god. Is that god. succinct or what? That's so great. In one year you'll wish you started today. And so immediately I marched down to Ryan Heffington's The Sweat Spot and started dance class. And I have not quit. Sometimes I'm too tired, but oh my god, I, I go at least once a week and sometimes I used to go three and four times, but then I thought Oh my god. I'm never going to be a professional dancer, but man, this is fun. And it's a great mood changer. You love it. Oh, God. It's the best mood changer. And for my strokes that I had to connect my mind, to remember this the routine afterwards, because these dances, it's not just like stuff that you do, exercise, exercise, exercise. It's There's a, a dance routine, and you have yeah. to memorize the steps and like, oh. And all the people, I'm like the oldest one there and they're so loving it's like the love spot it's crazy because i'll run into people i'll be out at like in like silver lake or los Feliz or at a bar or at a restaurant and, or a party and people these like really cool young awesome badasses and like and they, they go oh my god i think i'm in a dance class with your mom and i'm like oh my god i think you are too this yeah. is crazy they're like are you alexi is your mom leslie and it's so wild yeah it's like 
and it's just this, and they are so kind in Sweden. It's such a nice reminder, and the, uh, all of that's great. Oh God! So if a year ago, if you started today or whatever the in line, one year, yeah, you'll wish you started today. Also, it's really hopeful because you're such a badass. You're so cute. You've got your pink hair. You've got your mixed colored hair. you got your tattoos. We're talking Burning Man and LSD and mushrooms and falling in love at like 50 years old and, and you being happier than you've ever been your whole life. That's all so inspiring yeah. to like anybody listening right now. Give me a little bit more advice. You are such, you're, you're so good advice. You're the, you're, the, you're the best advice giver I've ever met. So, oh God. Everything's you know going to be okay. Cut, cut, of course. And cut yourself in slack is the most important thing at all. And I got to tell you, I find it really difficult. I did find it really difficult to meditate. Yeah. But I, and they, you know, they keep saying, Hicks said, you know. Abraham Hicks. 20, 15 minutes a day. Yeah. And all you do, even if you aren't successful, just do it every day. Yeah. 15 minutes and just let every thought go. Yeah. And, and uh Listen to your whatever, just whatever, but really do it. I will. No, really do it. It's like the weirdest thing is like things will come up that I normally I'm so reactive sometimes. You know, and and I'm and I, but you said this, and now just like I wait, and there's like I missed my opportunity because it wasn't even worth it. I that was kind of vague. If let's say you're at rehearsal and something's happening, right, and. And you want to get someone that's like, this is happening. Well, two people are mad at each other for doing something. And then I want to, want to chime in my two cents. No, I don't chime in at all. I just wait for it to end. It's like so cash. Yeah. <laughs> in any situation, like if you look at it in one way and you feel you have, you have the capacity of looking at it another way, look at it lovingly. Yeah. Any friend that you can make, make it. Any friend that you can make. What do you mean? Like... There's sometimes there's so many ways to take something, you know, like uh, every moment presents itself a new thing. You know, there could be. uh, Maybe sometimes other people are going through stuff and you have to be the bigger person and go, wow, they can't handle stuff. And I've got to just let them be upset with me or let them freak out and let them be upset. And then then it doesn't even have to be about me. It can just be, well, maybe they're imploding. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe everything's just too much for them. And that's okay. That that is okay because yeah. everybody has their own limits, own, feelings, brain, millions of things going in their mind all at once. <laughs> you know. Well, oh man, what if? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for thank you for all the good advice. I feel better. I feel lighter and better. And you give the best advice. And uh, will you come back? Oh yeah. Oh my god. I'm going to come back with, with we're going to both have guitars. Oh, gonna... no. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, is yeah. A, is that a threat Life or is promise? too short. Life is too short. To not have a guitar. We're going to have a guitar episode of Love Alexi with my mom. Yeah. Unbelievable. Maybe next time Aristotle will be here because usually my producer Aristotle is here. You get to meet him. I want you to meet him in person one time. That'd be so fun. Um, he's a sweetheart. And uh, yeah. Oh, well, thank you for giving me a pep talk and making me feel better. I have my cute, sweet Lyft driver with me roses and then a really great deep conversation with my mom. What were you going to say? Well, can I take you to lunch with your roses? Take me to lunch with my roses. We're, you guys, I'm off with my mom. We're going to go have lunch together with my roses. And uh, yeah, thank you for doing this podcast, mommy. Oh, thank you for wanting me. I'm so happy to be here. Bye. Bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com.